Welcome back, everyone. It is episode 71 of Thirst and Goal. We are still doing this podcast remotely. This is our seventh, Ben, or eighth I feel now. Like, it's I, been so I think long. I think it's eight. I think it's I think eight this now. might be our eighth, eighth installment of eighth installment remote podcasting. <laughs> yeah, Ben, you're still in the old studio under the canopy outside where football should be played and podcasts should be recorded. And I am in my garage. I'm front end. Sonia is somewhere around there with you, Ben. I'm not sure if she's going to make an appearance tonight yeah, on the podcast, but it's beautiful outside. Yeah, they're having today, their though. front yard happy hour tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and you got your Thurston Gold gear on I as do. do I. And you're, uh, you're sipping away there, Ben. I am. I have a little bit of a tangeray. I'm taking it down a notch uh, because of what's going on in the world right now. Uh, more traditional beers, more traditional drinks as we get through this crisis. So I've taken it way down a notch to tangeray, the original London dry gin with a little bit of tonic and a little bit of lime. Franny, what are you drinking over there? Uh, tonight, Ben, I have the Glenlivet 14, the uh, the brown that we uh, reviewed on the podcast a few weeks back, and I'm still enjoying it, still sipping on it slowly. So tonight. you so you finished up that leg of woolen, huh? Uh, yeah. No, yeah, the leg of woolen killed that bottle off. And then last week, I believe I killed off the Glenlivet 15, and so I'm on the 14. I'll get on the 12, the 10, the 9. Well, the quarantine is good for one, good for one country at least. It is very good for Scotland. Uh, we are, we are doing our best to keep the Scottish economy humming. Uh, and Friday, how was your week this week? It was good. It was better than last week. I, you know, I have to say it, it was better than last week. Last week really dragged, but this week, I don't know, for some reason, it just didn't seem that bad. You know, it was, it was manageable, got through the week. And, uh, what about you, Ben? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. This week was not bad. It was a little toasty here in uh, the San Fernando Valley of Southern California, so it got a little warm this week working, uh, working uh, from the house. But uh, it looks like it's going to cool down a little bit tomorrow and into next week. But you know, work was manageable this week. That's what I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah, it's a little bit of a yeah. a roller coaster, uh, roller coaster ride working from home without that separation between you know your work life and your home life so it's still a little bit of a <laughs> still a little bit of a challenge i would say my work life is doing fine it's probably my home life that is struggling a little bit uh because yeah. i i can't but, you know, seem to put my my phone down <laughs> but you know it seems like things are slowly opening up yeah uh, yep. at least here in california i know in, in other states um they've opened up um uh, you know more of uh the economy whereas over here it's sort of uh I wouldn't really call Florist to Central. Well, it's Mother's Day. <laughs> but they did. It, it, I, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, for, for Mother's Day, it, it is. But, uh, you know, they're doing curbside pickup now at certain stores. Not all of them uh, just yet. Toy stores, I, you know, bookstores, clothing stores. Yeah. Are there bookstores? This, this, I don't think there are any book, more bookstores. Walden Books really. is doing uh, curbside pickup, as is, uh, what's another one that went out of business? I can't even remember. What was that giant one where you could go in? Borders? Borders. 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 There you go. Yeah, yeah. Borders is doing, uh, Borders and Circuit City are both doing uh, curbside <laughs> pickup this week. Neiman Marcus went bankrupt. J. Crew went bankrupt this That's week. That's not shocking. Uh, but they were on the ropes before this. 
you know, Sears and JC Penney. Uh, soup are, soup are plantation. Yeah. Never, never went to soup plantation. No, give me a full bowl. I guess they're give me also a full, closing. Give me a full plate. I mean, I got to go running back to the, you know, with a, with a, with a bowl that holds about three ounces. I've never been there. No, I, I was, was never I went there one time. Either. That's probably why they're closing. It was gross. I was not a huge fan <laughs> of soup plantation. Uh, I think you so, got sick, right? You got really yeah, sick from that place. Yeah. yeah. And they give you this little tiny bowl and you have to keep going back and filling it up. So it, 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 uh, at least that's my recollection of it. But yeah, Neiman, <laughs> Neiman Marcus. I can't, Never I don't know who, I don't know who was shopping at Neiman Marcus it, in the first place, but, uh, can't afford that. You know, let that one go by the, by the wayside on the space side. So that one is gone. <laughs> And fronting. But Total Wine. Total Wine is still open, thank you. Oh, God. yeah. Total Wine it's is doing well. Uh, all the yes. grocery stores are doing well, and it's a good time. Shout out to all of the first responders, uh, all the folks out there working in the grocery stores, bringing us our food, Postmates, Grubhub, DoorDash, uh, working in all of the stores, liquor stores, you know, 7-Eleven, all of those types of places. Please uh, stay safe, and thank you. Thank you so much for being there when we need you. Franny, what are we going to talk about this week? Well, tonight, Ben, on the big board, we're going to make a shout out to our new listeners and our loyal listeners as well. We also have NFL news as usual. We have uh, promos for our fellow podcasters. Ben, how many promos do we have tonight? Just one this week. Trying to trim this thing, keep it under two hours if we can. (laughs) I know that we can't, but we'll try. Under three, at least. Under Under three three. hours, at least. (laughs) And we also have our tag team news, our thirst and goal news, Ben Steelers, my Eagles and Sonia's Seahawks. We have Ben's feel good story as well. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Jordan documentary, The Last Dance. Um, we've, well, Ben, you got to episode five. It was five and six last, uh, Sunday. Tomorrow is seven and eight. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, we also have our shot of the week, which is an honor of mother's day it is mother's day weekend it's a beautiful pretty pink shot that ben uh put together i'm not sure what you topped it off with cashews Cash- <laughs> i'm not sure where you got that idea they were in the, nice in the picture they were in the nice kitchen in the- <laughs> cashews are good i like cashews. i almost put cherryos on it i probably should have done cherryos yeah, probably would have been a little more tasty be, yeah yeah <laughs> honey nut cherryos we also have our beverage of the night, which is another scotch. We haven't had a scotch actually in uh, in a few weeks. So we're going to be drinking the Glen Farkless uh, Tenure. And we also have our beer of the week. It's a domestic beer. It's an IPA, I believe. Yes. And it looks like it, it comes in a bit, very generic looking can. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's the the Dale's Pale Ale. That is what we're trying tonight. I believe, I can't remember the name of the... The brewery, but we'll we'll definitely taste that later in the show. And also to finish up the night, Ben, you have some housekeeping as well. All right, Friday. What is first up on the big board? First up on the big board, Ben. We're gonna make a shout out to our new listeners and also our loyal yes, listeners. Yes, thank you all so much, especially to our loyal listeners who have been with us throughout the season and throughout this crisis. Our listenership has not dropped off significantly, so we truly truly appreciate all of our loyal listeners as well as our new listeners and since you're listening since 2018 we have been a show about football fun friends whiskey and beer reviews please consider heading to our website thirstinggold.buscrowd.com 
or search Thirsting Gold Podcast on the web and subscribe, rate, and review. Please, please, please also tell a friend, a family member, a coworker, a stranger that you're waiting in line with to get into the supermarket. Anyone that you run into on the street, let them know about Thirst and Gold Podcast from six feet away. And please, please, please continue, continue to listen. Friday, what is first up on the big board? First up on the big board, Ben, we have NFL news. All right, Franny. Can you believe that we continue to this day in the middle of May to have continuing NFL news as we move through the season? There is actually more going on now than I ever would have expected. And first up, something exciting this week. The NFL schedules are out, Franny. Can you believe it? A 17-game slate with two additional playoff teams coming down the pike. The NFL is determined to get these games to happen come hell or high water. ESPN is currently showing South Korean baseball during the day, so we are desperate for some kind of sport on our television. Uh, but, Friday, what did you think of the schedule release? Uh, well, I mean, we'll still see, you know, when the season will start. We're, we're still not 100% sure um, if they'll be able to start the season um you know, when they normally do. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's great to, you know, they have, they have a plan in place right now. And I'm sure they have, you know, a plan A, plan B, plan C. They have um, other plans in place uh, if the season does not start, um, you know, when, when the first initial start day is on the, on the schedule right now. Yeah, Tampa Bay with a few night games as expected. Uh, Seattle and Philadelphia also with a few night games out there. Uh, you are uh, opening up with the Washington Redskins week one, going to the Rams, Cincy, San Francisco, and Pittsburgh after that. Uh, what did you think of the Philadelphia Eagles schedule? I am a Steeler fan. Franny is a Eagle fan, and Sonia is a Seahawk fan. What did you think of the Eagles schedule? Did you give it a look? Oh, yeah, uh, and, and I'm excited, Ben. We'll finally play each other. In week you know, four, Pittsburgh. week five here. Yeah, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia haven't played each other in a few years now. Uh, the last time the teams met yeah, yeah, was yeah. <laughs> was Carson Wentz's rookie season. Yeah, and uh, you know we we wiped the floor with the yes, Steelers uh, that day. Uh, but and and that was the, I think the last win for the Eagles that season. But that was a great great game, and I can't I can't wait for that game. I can't wait for the game uh, you know against the Seahawks and. Uh, you know, Ben, against when we do play the Steelers, it's going to be a morning game. It's going to, so I think it's yeah. going to be 10 o'clock here on the West Coast. And so, uh, you know, I think we should probably do the podcast and I will probably, uh, you know, sleep over. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Maybe watch that game. Let's do it in the morning, you know, in, in, in my jammies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Let's take a few shots uh, before the game. Tequila with Tapatino. <laughs> you know, start making the. The NFL already has plans for the season. We might as well start making plans yeah. for the season as well. Exactly. That last game, <laughs> the game that you beat the crap out of us, that was, uh, we were actually in Cabo San Lucas that day, ruined my vacation day, uh, getting <laughs> crushed by the Philadelphia Eagles. But just the thought of having an unpleasant day in Cabo right now, uh, is extraordinarily exciting by comparison to staying in my house seven days a week, <laughs> uh, for, However many weeks it has been thus far, exciting trip to the grocery store today. Uh, but yeah, you also have, uh, you got, uh, Cleveland, Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans, Arizona, 
and uh, on your slate. So you're looking at the NFC West uh, yeah. this year. I, uh, you know, I drew the short straw there. Pretty tough division that you're going to have mm-hmm. to wrangle your way through, uh, with four really, really good teams, assuming the Rams are able to, uh, pay Todd Gurley and get back on track. Um, it looks like a pretty tough schedule for you, though. Yeah. It, lo- it looks tough, but I think Pittsburgh got an even tougher schedule we always than do. the Eagles, though. Yeah. yeah. We got <laughs> Giants, Denver. Houston, Tennessee, Philly, Cleveland, Baltimore, Dallas, Cincinnati, Jacksonville. Thank you, Jacksonville. Uh, Baltimore, Washington, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Indy, and Cleveland. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we have a pretty tough schedule all the way, uh, across the board. I mean, I don't mind, uh, finishing up the season with Cindy, Cincy, Indianapolis, and Cleveland. Uh, so, I mean, if we're in a playoff position coming down the stretch, hopefully Cleveland has completely imploded by then. Uh, Indianapolis does not have a quarterback. Philip Rivers has been hey, sent hey, to the injured hey, reserve hey, hey, hey. by then, and he's coaching his high school team down in Alabama at that point. That's my hope. Uh, so I mean, yeah, but we do have a pretty, pretty tough schedule coming down the, coming down the stretch. At least we got, uh, Washington and Jacksonville mixed in there. Um, and, uh, Tennessee, that could be a tough game against Tennessee and Houston. We don't know what we're going to get from Houston. Uh, but what do you think about uh, Seattle and the Tampa Bay Bucks getting a bunch of night games? I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked by uh, by the Bucks getting night games now. Uh, you know they're 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 a premier team now with uh, with Tommy Boy over there. So I'm, I'm sure they're going to get a lot of primetime games. Um, we'll see how that you know plays out. You know Cleveland this past season. Uh, you know they got more uh, primetime games than they usually would. Uh, there's a lot of hype around them. There's a lot of hype now around Tampa Bay, but you know it, it might work out the same uh, for Tampa Bay as it did last year with the Browns. They um, they might flame out. I hope so. I do. I mean, I well, we're talking about Tampa Bay. Now, I, I hope that actually Tampa, Tampa Bay. Bay yeah. I hope Tampa Bay does well. Actually, I can't. I can't. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, there's so much hype. It seems like there's so much hype, just like there was about around the Browns. It, it almost feels like the same thing. I don't. I don't know. How well Tom Brady is going to fit in over there without Belichick? Yeah, and we'll see. I mean, Belichick does not—you know—he's not, you know, he's not uh, concerned about his quarterback situation, and you know, it, it just—it's—it's it's very odd to be a spectator of Tom Brady. I, I've never been a spectator of Tom Brady before. He's always been in the AFC. I've always dreaded playing him either in the season or in the playoffs. So I've always rooted against the Patriots. I've always looked for bad things to happen to him and to that team. So it does feel a little bit strange to be watching Tom Brady as a fan, as opposed to someone who knows they're going to lose to him either during the season or in the playoffs, ultimately as a Steeler fan. So, I mean, I'm actually hoping that they do well. If it can't be the Eagles or the Seahawks, uh, I'd like to see Bruce, Bruce Arians and that team do well. Uh, Brady proving that Belichick is not the only reason for the success in New England. What do you think? Are you going to be pulling for Tommy Boy? Oh no! Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, well, like you said, I mean, uh, Bruce Arians. Um, you know, he's he's always been one of my favorite coaches in the league. I mean, when he was in Arizona, he did an excellent job. Even when he was with uh, with the Steelers, I mean, he, as a coordinator over there, he also did uh, did an excellent job as well. He's he's uh, you know he's one of those guys that has that old school mentality, um, but he really knows how to handle uh, the players and the team. I mean, you know, if anybody can 
you know, bring in Tom Brady and, and make things work, it would be Bruce Arians. I, I just, I don't know how much Tom Brady actually has left in tank. I mean, even last year, you could see that he just was not the same player, similar to the way Breeze was also sort of struggling at the end of the year. So now another year older. Yeah, I, I just don't know how well things are going to work out. Even with amazing receivers that he has over there, I, I don't. I don't know. There's just, I just, I don't. I don't think they're going to be as good as people are saying they're going to be. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly possible. It's certainly possible. I'm mean, Arians is a damn good coach, as you mentioned. Arians is a very, very good coach. So if anyone's going to be able to get what they want or what they expect out of that team, uh, I mean, it, it's going to be tough. I mean, they're all in that division. There are there are great teams in that division. Yep. And but they have a ton of weapons on that on that squad. Uh, probably yeah, the best do. cadre of offensive weapons that Brady has had in a long, long time. Especially with Gronk's return, his svelte return, uh, slim <laughs> down Rob Gronkowski. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what happens down there. And I think that's the reason they've got these night games, and that's the reason that I think they open up. Oh. I think they, they yeah, open people- up on Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football that first week. No, people will definitely be excited to watch, you know, Tampa Bay play, you know, because of uh, Tom Brady, because uh, it, it's like the Dallas Cowboys. Either you love them or you hate them. Same thing with Tom Brady. Either you love the guy or you hate the guy. And and so people are always going to tune in to either root for him or root against him. Um, you know, just I, I don't know how much success they'll have there, but, you know, definitely people will, will tune in just to watch him either, um, you know, have some success or, or flounder. Yeah. yeah, and and there'll be a lot of people in in Foxborough in Boston that'll be happy yeah. <laughs> if if Tom Brady flounders in Tampa. Uh, but with Leftwich and, and Arians there on offense, I think they're in good hands, and I'd be shocked. You're, if you're they, high on Leftwich. I'm like that. Yeah. Leftwich, Leftwich. He was uh, he was never a good quarterback. I don't you know he's not a, a great coordinator either, in my opinion. Uh, but I think he's got I think he's got all the tools to simplify that offense, and I think that's what they'll try to do is simplify that offense down. More short passes, get things out of Tom Brady's hands quickly and make sure the offensive line is clicking on all cylinders. And I think, I think it'll be, I think they've got a chance to have some real, real success in Tampa Bay. I'm shocked to say. Yeah. Eh, eh, eh. <laughs> all right, Friday. Next up, your Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid. And the rosy rear view mirror of a Super Bowl championship and a most memorable run to it for the KC Chiefs. Reigning champions or not, the Chiefs cannot rest upon the greatness of yesterday in Andy Reid's view. Reid said this week, you have to focus in on trying to be better and trying to challenge yourself and be even greater than you were the previous year. It's a mindset and it starts now. Even though we're doing this thing virtually, it starts now. There's no time to waste. Reed went on, we're not going to just go, okay, we have everybody coming back and we'll just sit here and run the same plays. No, we're going to keep growing. I don't think we came near to what we could have been and could be last year. Uh, if complacency can be a champion's worst adversary, Reed is looking to defend against it from the onset with nearly every starter returning for the chief. Chiefs. Expectations will be lofty. I think general manager Brett Veach and his guys did a nice job of getting and retaining our players. That's not an easy thing to do, Reed said, with the way the salary cap is set in today's world. But they balanced it out and were able to bring most of our guys 
back. What do you think about Reed setting the expectations high here in the very, very, very beginning? Uh, I know you love Andy Reed. I wanted to get him out here on the agenda because he was speaking to the media this week. What do you think about his expectations that they could be even better next year? If that's well, possible. I'm sure they can. Well, I'm, I'm sure, <laughs> yeah, no, you can't really get any better than, than winning the Super Bowl. I mean, that's the pinnacle, uh, right there. But as far as the regular season, if everybody stays healthy, uh, you know, I could easily see them going 14 and two, uh, you know, somewhere. I mean, they're going to win a ton of games this year. Uh, you know, they have pretty much everybody coming back. Uh, you know, they had a pretty decent draft as well. Um, you know, they addressed the defense a little bit. You know, that's, that's, if they did struggle anywhere, it was on the defense. And that was sort yep. of, you know, in the beginning and middle stages of the season. Later on in the season, they figured things out. They kind of, um, you know, got things together. I mean, the defense, um, I guess it was like three or four games, the last three or four games of the season, they actually really picked it up. They were a good defense. And in the playoffs, did the exact same thing. Um, and in the fourth quarter, that Super Bowl, Spagnolo stuffed his neck, his head, his foot on Garoppolo's neck and just crushed it. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 so uh, you know, it's it's pretty much the same team, same great coach still coaching them. You know, they've got Patrick Mahomes there. They got all the speedsters that you want. Um, you know, they they even you know they have that, that the running back. Um, uh, their their last the uh, the first pick. Yeah. Um, yep. Their first pick in the first round, the last pick of the first round. So now they have uh, you know another threat uh, there, and uh, yeah, I can easily see them. Winning, you know, fourteen games, you know, or fifteen and one. I mean, they're they're going to win a lot of games. I mean, they're going to be very good again this year, and they should definitely be the favorites to go back to the Super Bowl and repeat. Yeah, I mean, Reed and the AFC without the Patriots to contend with, yep. without Tom Brady to contend with, and now that he's got the taste of the human meat in his mouth, he's you know he's been able <laughs> to eat. That, that's a sound. He's right, been man. able to eat. That's- he's, He's eaten the surfer on the shore. The great white shark has got the taste of blood in his mouth. He knows what it feels like now to win the Super Bowl. And, you know, the way that they were able to shut down the 49er offense in that second half of the game, especially the fourth quarter of that game, uh, the defense, as you mentioned, the defense came together. They picked up uh, some more pieces on defense in the offseason. And I just love the fact that Reed is verbalizing his expectations that he expects this team to be better. Uh, Mahomes will be better. Uh, the receivers will be better. The running game will be better with the draft pick. The offensive line will be better as well. And uh, I mean, I'm just really rooting for Andy Reid to do well. Uh, if the Steelers can't do well, of course, uh, I am rooting for Andy Reid, uh, in the AFC to do well. But with the Patriots out of your, you know, away and out the rearview mirror, it, the, the ceiling is really, really high yeah. for the Kansas I mean, City. I don't know Chiefs. who else can challenge them right now in the AFC. I mean, you know, Baltimore will Steelers. be good this year. Uh, I mean, the Steelers have potential, you know, it really just depends on, on um, Roethlisberger and how he plays and how healthy he's going to be. Um, he killed a bear and, last uh, week. You know, who, who else is there? I mean, I, you know, I don't know if Tennessee is, is really going to threaten them at all. Um, I mean, you, you always talk about the Jets, Ben. I don't think <laughs> I don't, the Jets I don't know. have any sort of chance. Uh, they know, always have. It. They I'm, always... Not, I'm not saying they're not going to be a better team this season. I, you know, I expect more from the Jets than I did, you know, last season. Um, but I'm, I'm not sure. They always know, have a chance about in the teams in, in their in their division. Nobody's going to challenge them. You know, Oakland is definitely not going to challenge them. Um, you know, the you Chargers know, uh, well, you, are. You not, never know. Las Vegas playing in Vegas. You know, Denver. Is not, 
Um, you know, Houston. You're making I a lot of lofty them. predictions right there. That Denver's with, not going to be any good with with with, with uh, <laughs> no, they're Locke? not going to challenge. They're not going to challenge Kansas City though. They're not going to be on Kansas City's level. No, you know, no, no, no. Houston, no. Houston's not going to be there either on that level. Uh, you know, they might be without Bill O'Brien. If they got rid of Bill O'Brien, finally, they might actually have a chance of being, you know, a, a good football team. He'll or be better the owner of the team, team by the right end now. of the season. He's he's <laughs> never leaving that franchise. Yeah, but in the, in the AFC, I really don't see any other team that can challenge Kansas City right now, unless they have some crazy injuries uh, this season. But I don't if they if they remain healthy, I don't see anybody stopping them from going back to the Super Bowl. The NFC is is you know it's a crapshoot. There's a lot of good teams in the NFC, but in the AFC, really, there's nobody to challenge them. And and Ben, you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I don't think the Steelers have you know what it takes right now. If Baltimore, if Baltimore can pull it together in the playoffs, they could challenge them. Uh, I think Baltimore and Pittsburgh are probably the only teams, and Buffalo. I mean, if Buffalo can pull it together as well, nah. Buffalo. Buffalo I mean, needs they, a better quarterback. They need a better quarterback. Oh yeah, quarterback. I mean Josh. I mean he played just horrific, horrific in the playoffs. But they, I mean, they brought in a lot of really nice pieces there in in Buffalo in the off season as well as had a really nice draft. So. You know, you get one or two injuries on Kansas City, and there, you know, the possibility for Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Buffalo, or Miami. That's going to be my no. dark. Miami is my <laughs> no. dark horse pick. With no, that, I wouldn't. Even, that's not even a dark horse. That come on, that's <laughs> that's like a black hole. Well, you <laughs> got like, you got you got Tua Tagalo. Well, I'm not even going to try Tagalovailoa. No, and nah. you got a really nice defense down there. They really buttress that defense up nice. So. Uh, you no, know, people can't see me shaking my head over but here. My, but I'm shaking Miami my head. is my dark horse pick in the AFC. <laughs> just next like year. the Jets were supposed to be in 16 games last year, Ben, for you, but uh, it's not going to happen. Sam, no, Darnold. but against Kansas City, Kansas City, realistically, there's nobody right now. No, that no. can challenge. Other than not his, even other close. than Big Ben, other than Big Ben, because he has he has no. the experience. But that's it. And and the defense, <laughs> the Steeler defense, is improved. Going to be very good next year. This year, I hope. But they, yeah. by all accounts, they should be damn near as good, if not better, than they were last year. Uh, Hargrave running off to Philadelphia was a loss, but we mm-hmm. were able to, uh, you know, pick up some defensive players in the draft, especially at corner. And I, I think we'll be, I think we'll be pretty damn good on defense. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I mean, Andy Reid definitely has a reason to be confident about this upcoming season. Oh, for sure, for sure. All right, next up, Friday, this will come as music to your ears. There will be no international NFL play during the 2020 season. The NFL does not release or it did release its schedule at the end of this week, uh, but details have already begun to leak. According to the Daily Mail, the league will not currently and does not currently anticipate that it will play any international games in 2020 due to concerns and limitations connected with the COVID-19 pandemic. In recent years, the NFL had significantly expanded the number of games, much to Frane's dismay. It played outside of the United States. Doing so has widened the footprint of gridiron football. Eh, I, I suppose. Especially in the United Kingdom. That's true. Uh, were games at London's Wembley and Tottenham. I mean, those are great names. Wembley and Tottenham Stadium. Um, have generated record attendance. The NFL also played games in countries closer to home, including Mexico and uh, Mexico, the game between the Chiefs and the Chargers. But what do you think about no international games? Jacksonville not playing again two or three games over mm-hmm. in London, but there will be no no international games in Mexico or the UK this year. 
Already, well, I'm sure the players already, are happy about it. Already laying down the gauntlet. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the players are very happy about that. You know, no need to fly uh, to London. Uh, actually, you know, Mexico City is not that far away from depending on where you are. You know, you know, if you're in New York, then Mexico City is a little bit further away as opposed to being in, you know, L.A. and flying down to Mexico City. Um, but, you know, the, I'm sure the players are excited. And, uh, you know, um, I... I'm not opposed to it either. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, we've talked about this in the past and I, uh, you know, I've been opposed to all of the international uh, games and uh, you know, home teams losing that one home game, you know, playing away. I don't think that's really fair to them. I also don't think it's fair for the traveling, you know, especially if you're, you know, Seattle and having to go to London or whatever. I mean, that's just way too far. It really adds to the mileage um, that you're, that you're flying for, you know, the entire season. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I think it's uh, it's great for the players. It's it's maybe not great for the fans in London. I know there's a, a yeah. lot in the UK uh, who get very excited about these football games. Um, but uh, I mean, th- I think the NFL made the right move right now with the situation that we're in. They made the right move. International games will be back again, um, but you know the players can at least relax this year and not yeah. have to worry about it at all. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I'd like to see a couple games in London, but uh, it looks like there will not be any games. And I, I tend to agree with Frane. I mean, I like the, the UK games, but it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to be putting people uh, in planes and hotel rooms around the world, even if the pandemic has somewhat, you know, lessened by that point. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense to be flying teams, you know, into Mexico, into the UK. Uh, and, and putting them up in hotels and, and doing all of that. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I'm sure there are a lot of fans of Thirsting Goal that listen to this podcast that are from the UK. We have a lot of UK podcasts that we promote on this show, and I know there will be a lot of sad folks in the UK that they will not be able to go out and watch the Jacksonville Jaguars play Yeah, this year. Well, I mean, but these are, it, it, you know, it, the NFL... You know, they fly out to London, they fly out to Mexico City, and those are meaningful games. Oh, yeah. Depend- I mean, well, sometimes. It really depends on the teams that are playing. If you're watching Miami and Jacksonville, probably it's a meaningless game. Next year. But there are teams that, you know, fly out there that actually play meaningful games. Uh, you know, Philadelphia played out there not last year, but I believe the season before. And uh, I don't think it was a home game for Philadelphia anyways. Um, but they're actually meaningful games, whereas, um, you know, soccer leagues in Europe, don't have their teams come over here and play in meaningful games. You know, you won't have Manchester United or Liverpool or Tottenham or any of those teams come to the U.S. to play any meaningful games. So, you know, they're getting our meaningful games here from the NFL. But then I I would love to go, you know, and watch, uh, you know, a match between Manchester uh, City or United versus Liverpool or whoever um, as a meaningful league game. We only get like the summer... Uh, exhibition games in the front. I mean, nothing, absolutely nothing. Um, but you know, they actually get meaningful football games that, you know, are wins and losses. Whereas, you know, here in the U S we don't get that same treatment from their league, even though we would also have a lot of support for their teams over here. That's interesting. I mean, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> I mean, do you think that that is by design? In other words, do you think that, that the European league and the premier league, they've made the decision consciously that they don't think there's any any benefit to them in other words they don't think that they could build up build up interest in the league on this side of the pond for 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 football for soccer the way that we can build up interest in in nfl football yeah well i'm not sure if you know because there's a lot of soccer fans in la 
I mean, they could definitely if, put oh, a, yeah. host a huge game easily. in well, LA. In New York, in New York, they'd be easily be able to, you know, fill a stadium, uh, you know, with with one of those Premier League teams, um, which is you know the biggest league, uh, you know, soccer league in the world. Um, so I mean, it, you know, we, it, I mean, I, well, the NFL is probably looking to expand as well, which I don't agree with at all. Uh, whereas you know the Premier League is not looking to expand, but it's just you know it's it's give us some meaningful games, you know, of, of their national sport since they're getting some of ours, yeah. more national sport. Mm. Well, <laughs> I mean, they, they stole, you know, this, this virus stole, uh, my understanding, the first and probably only championship for Liverpool was, uh, there was a pretty, my understanding is that they had a pretty easy run or they were likely to, to win the premier league this year. Uh, had the, had the, 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 the season played out to the end. So I know, I know there are a lot of pissed off people in Liverpool. So it wouldn't be, I mean, I would go. I mean, I would go and see a big Premier League game in Los, Los Angeles. No problem. I mean, the international games get a little testy in the stands. Uh, even the, even the friendly, even the friendlies get a little testy in the stands for some strange reason. I think it depends. I think it depends on who you're playing against, Ben. But you know, I mean, it's not. I don't need to have the beer opposing, on beer on my head because Croatia yeah. beats Mexico in a friendly exhibition match when Croatia doesn't even have any of their starters in the game. Does not seem to rise to the level of someone throwing beer at me. Uh, but you know, soccer fans are a unique, unique group. In terms of their level of in, you know, intense dedication to the game, even if it is a meaningless, completely meaningless game. Uh. Yeah. I'll never forget that, you know, taking off my shirt in the bathroom because I just didn't want to go into the bathroom by myself. <laughs> All right. Next up, something that is near and dear to your heart. Uh, Des Bryant can't play football, <laughs> but can run his mouth. The As ink, usual. The ink wasn't even dry on quarterback Andy Dalton's new contract with the Cowboys before Des Bryant was already, already running his mouth, claiming disrespect on part of the Cowboys, according to the Dallas Morning News. Dalton, a lifelong Bengal, was released by Cincy uh, Thursday before last and agreed to a $7 million deal, $3 million guaranteed with the Cowboys. Des Bryant wasn't hating on Andy Dalton exactly, but according to his tweets, Des seemed to have a bigger problem with the Cowboys signing Dalton before giving Dak Prescott his new contract. Dallas has offered Prescott the highest deal for a quarterback in league history, according to sources, but the biggest difference between the sides was length of deal. How can you offer Des Bryant the biggest contract for a quarterback ever? Uh, Andy turned it down. Nothing against Andy Dalton, Des Bryant said, because I think he's a great player. But the Cowboys are extremely out of line. Pay Dak, he tweeted uh, this past Sunday evening. Uh, Bryant went on to say, I watched the Cowboys pay Tony twice, once without a winning record. I guess the Cowboys viewing the quarterback position a plug a piece because of the dominant offense. Uh, what do you think about Des Bryant playing the D card? Everything's disrespect when you don't get what you want. Apparently, a word with no meaning, a word with no definition. But apparently, offering De or offering Dak Prescott thirty-three million dollars a year for five years was not sufficient for Des Bryant. Uh, how can you how can you say that signing Andy Dalton is disrespectful? Well, you're just signing a you're signing a thirty-two year old. It's, backup. it's not. Yeah, I mean, it's not disrespectful at all. I mean, it's a smart business move, if anything, by the Cowboys. Uh, to shore up the, the backup position, especially with somebody of Andy Dalton's caliber. 
I mean, he's a good football player. And if he needs to come in for any sort of time for Dak Prescott, the team will be just fine uh, with Andy Dalton. And, uh, you know, $3 million is not a lot of money for a good backup quarterback. You know, that's just, that's a good move by the Cowboys. And, and I don't know where, you know, um, Des Bryant is coming off saying they're not paying Dak Prescott. It's like a $160 Dak million dollar deal. Yeah, exactly. They had that in place or something around there and he didn't take it. So they did offer him a contract. Um, but he's still making $33 million this year because he didn't want to sign the other contract. So he's still getting paid, you know, 10 times more, more than 10 times more than what Andy Dalton is making as the backup. Yeah, so, not yet though. Not I yet. mean, Des, he Des hasn't Bryant, signed his tender yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but does does Brian? I mean, you know, he 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 can't play in the league. I know he really wants to come back, but he just wants to keep his name in the headlines uh, right now since he's not in the league. And just like so many other wide receivers out there, Ben, just like Antonio Brown, these wide receivers love to be prima donnas. Yeah, but I mean, at least Antonio Brown had eight, you know, Hall of Fame seasons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, Des Bryant, he played what? Five at five, four, five decent years in the league. I mean, actually yeah. real productive league years. Uh, and to talk, I mean, this, this disrespect, I just don't get it. I, I mean, the guy got offered $33 million a year for, for four or five years yeah. and he doesn't deserve it. He I wants mean, he as much as Russell Wilson. Are you fucking money. kidding me? Yeah. He carried doesn't entire Seahawks offense on his back for, yeah. you know, four years straight now. And, you know, Dak Prescott puts up big numbers. So does Ben Roethlisberger. You're going to give Ben Roethlisberger $50 million a year? Because that would, by your logic, he had, what, two 5,000-yard seasons in a row. He had several five-touchdown games. So by your logic, Des, Ben Roethlisberger should be the highest-paid quarterback in the league. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. It, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And yeah, I wish the fair. Steelers would have signed fucking Andy Dalton. For three yeah. million dollars, oh, no. are you kidding me? I, I wish, yeah, I would. I wouldn't, you know, if if the Eagles didn't, you know, I, mean, I don't know how good Jalen Hurts is going to be in the league, but if they didn't have Jalen Hurts sitting behind Wentz right now, I would want them to sign uh, Andy, Andy Dalton. Dalton. I, you know, we talked about that, and 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 or uh, you know Joe Flacco too. I mean, Joe Flacco still floating around out there. You know, why not somebody pick him up? Are you like, taking a shot over there for bad mouth? I was about to take a shot. Dez Actually, I'm going to take a shot. Uh, I didn't bet. Uh, wait, did I? Did I? But well, he's not on the. He's not on the Cowboys anymore. Well, he'll so always. He'll always be a Cowboy. He'll can, always be a Cowboy. Him. It's like being a Yankee. Once you're a Cowboy, yeah, you're I'll always say, a Cowboy. Uh, I'll say you know, uh, you know, I, I respect Dak Prescott. I've said a lot of positive things about him, but he is an too many idiot. positive things. If you ask me, he is an idiot for turning down that contract. And uh, you know, cheers to uh, Andy Dalton. Yeah, go work at the fucking success. Piggly, go work at the fucking Piggly Wiggly this week, giving people with groceries as they spit in your face and lick the freaking they lick the grocery bags. Are you kidding me? Thirty three million dollars. All right, I'll take a shot with you. I'm drinking the what are you drinking? What's a shot? I am drinking the Evan Williams peach. And I, I hate gonna, Evan Williams in general and the peach is even worse. And I'm drinking the Southern Comfort Lime as punishment along with Friday tonight. Yeah, it's it's the drinking game, our long-running drinking yeah, yeah. game, where if we Tell say anything negative about any team in our division, Ben, your division. Actually, well, you didn't say anything negative about anybody in your division. Not even Andy Dalton, who used to be part of your division, Ben. I like Dalton. I mean, I can't fault the guy. Yeah. I mean, I can't fault the guy yeah. for, for, for what he had to deal with in Cincinnati. I mean, it was, you know, the years that they had a good team, they ran up against a better Steeler team or a better Baltimore team. I mean, they had... You know, Dalton is a class act, and mm -hmm. he's an above-average quarterback. Yeah. I wonder right. if I say anything about, you know, anybody in the NFC East. Um, so, you know, 
Um, the NFC least. Fuck Jerry Jones. I'll just say that. And your yacht. Just for the hell of it. Just so I could take a shot. It's a good yeah. excuse, Ben. Your yacht. I'm going to take one all night. White leather furniture. <laughs> all right, let's do it. Only Jeez. Jerry Jones would have white leather furniture. Oh, it's disgusting. Ah. Oh, especially when it's warm. It tastes like that, that medicine I got in the 70s as a kid that they would give you in, liquid, the last in liquid form instead of a shot. That tastes worse <laughs> than it did last week. Jesus Christ. I don't know how it got worse, but it got worse. Ooh, it's like that, that, that weird liquid I took when I was a kid. I had no idea what it was, but I think it was to... Yeah, I think it was too. Uh, I'm sure college kids would love this. You know, it's. Oh um, God! Yeah. I think that bottle, that bottle, Ben was like, I think nine dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that Southern Comfort lime, less than a six pack and, of Coke. And this one, uh, this was eleven ninety nine for uh, for the Evan Williams peach. You know, a little, a little, a little loftier price. You know, I, I went, I, I skimped on that, or or went out on the limb and got you know like a little extra. Yeah, but, and what you, Actually, well, you chose it yourself. Yeah, yeah. What do you use? I mean, what what low grade barley do you use uh, to uh, make a whiskey that's nine dollars? Because there has to be some profit built in there too, right? So you're essentially, you know, it's a four dollar bottle of of uh, of whiskey. What what are the ingredients that go into that? Is yeah, it this, the, the dust that, that settles, but you know, at the bottom of the at the bottom of the grain bin before you act, before you make the decent whiskey? But it's got to be some pretty, pretty bad shit. All right, Franny, next up, Cam Newton. I won't play as a backup. He said earlier in the week, at the end of the week, he said, I will play as a backup uh, if the right, right situation emerges. But initially, he said that he would refuse to sign in a backup role, uh, saw no interest uh, from anyone around the league given the COVID-19 situation and the inability to work him out in person, but now he is saying that he is open to a backup role in the right situation. Franny, does this make sense for the Steelers or some other team to make a run at Cam Newton, give him a deal, you know, somewhere between five and $10 million and bring him in as a backup? What, what say you about bringing Cam Newton into your locker room? Not your locker room. I'm not room, sure. But Do you think room. he would sign? Do you think he would sign a contract for? that low of an amount, you know, five, ten million dollars. I mean, would he himself just expect more um because what of what he has accomplished in the past? I mean, he did take you know, he went to the Super Bowl. He was the MVP one year. Um, you know, Dak Prescott was none of those things and he expects, you know, more than thirty three million dollars uh and a starting, you know, job. Um, you know, would Cam Newton you know, he would he said he would take a backup role, but would he sign a five or ten million dollar deal do you think he would still be looking for a little bit more than five or ten would that sort of be below him well he would would definitely be looking for more but what's the alternative the alternative is to wait for an injury to wait Mm -hmm. into the season and hope that an injury to a starting quarterback somewhere necessitates you coming out of semi-retirement signing a deal for you know 15 million dollars in the middle of the season and coming in and and filling that role and what if it's not a team you want to play for you know you're also going to be five or six months potentially uh without anyone seeing you work out at all so you're you know your your price may drop more quickly uh than you think i mean we we saw this past season with the steelers among other teams uh that didn't go out and make a run at a quarterback didn't look to trade didn't look to ping bring anybody out of 
retirement to come in and play, even though they had tough situations at quarterback. And uh, I think he'd be smart to take a, to take an eight or $9 million deal or a 10 million. I mean, $10 million for a backup is a shit ton of money for a backup quarterback. And if he can get anywhere between five and 10, whether he would take it, I don't know, but I think it would be a smart move to take it. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think he's starting to, you know, see what his worth actually is. (laughs) You know I mean? Um, You know, I'm sure he has a, a large ego and still believes that he can play the game at you know at the highest level um but teams don't see it that way and i think finally he's starting to understand that you know maybe i you know i i'm not worth 30 million dollars but i still don't know if he would take maybe eight or nine million um even as in a backup role um i just think he has you know he just seems like a guy that has a lot of pride and still has not matured um to the point where he might understand that you know with five or six or seven million dollars is probably my actual worth but he understands that you know starting position is probably not in his cards right now uh, but i don't see him going to to pittsburgh though i don't i don't see pittsburgh making a move to pick him up uh only because i mean i can't they, they didn't to go see after ben in the same they room. didn't go after anybody <laughs> in the draft i mean if they were really desperate for a quarterback because they didn't know at the time you know that Cam Newton wasn't going to be picked up by a team. He just happens to still be out there and available. Um, but if, if they were really desperate for a quarterback, I think they would have picked up somebody in the draft uh, already. Yeah, you know, even an or, undrafted or, free agent quarterback. Or even Andy Dalton. I mean, if Andy Dalton was willing to sign for $3 million you know, with the Cowboys, why wouldn't he sign? I mean, I'm sure maybe Pittsburgh did make a phone call. I think they you did. Know, who knows what went on behind the scenes? I think Ben might not be as uh, personable a guy as as I'd like to think. <laughs> Winston didn't want to have anything to do with it. I'm sure that there have been talks with Newton. I'm sure there were talks with Dalton. I'm sure there have been talks with Flacco. Uh, there may be something about Ben Roethlisberger that isn't particularly appealing to a lot of these, a lot of these quarterbacks. Uh, Winston probably in a much better situation in Pittsburgh, if you think about it, in terms of the likelihood of starting a game. Yep. And he chose instead to go to, to New Orleans, you know, in hopes maybe of being the starter next year, potentially. I mean, I think Cam Newton, this might be the wake up call that he needs to, you know, work on his mechanics a little bit more to, you know, be a little bit better uh, teammate to some of the folks on the, you know, some of the folks, especially on the offensive coaching staff. But I mean, I, if I were a team like the Steelers, I, I would, you know, what's the worst case scenario? You end up cutting him. I just hate going into the season without a backup quarterback to speak of. It, it just, it's, yeah. it's, oh, it's, I think. The way things are, the way things are uh, moving along year. right now, I, 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 I just see the Steelers sticking with what they have, you know, with Rudolph and and with Devlin, uh, you know, sitting behind uh, I Roethlisberger. I don't, you know, I don't know what the hell they saw in those guys. They were both pretty terrible and they this past like season. I think they 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 should have seen everything they needed to see this past yeah, season. It just seems like the old Cavs so. team with LeBron. I mean, what's your plan if LeBron yeah. looks down? <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, you know, you, you invest all this money in the team. And if your quarterback goes down, the, the essentially the ship is going to sink. It may not sink mm-hmm. quickly, uh, but it will <laughs> eventually by the end of the year be yeah. underwater. Uh, so I mean, it just seems silly to me that the Steelers have not, you know, not sniffed around. I mean, yeah. I mean, I would take Flacco I at this else. point. I would take Flacco at this point. I wonder point. where else though. Where where else could Cam Newton? You know, uh, you know, people are talking about New England uh, possibly being a destination yeah. for Cam. Um, I think that would probably be a good move. I, th- I think uh, Belichick would probably be able to get the most out of Cam. And um, where else could he go? 
I don't know. Uh, you know, possibly uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, you know, because they don't really have a backup either. You know, they have yeah, the yeah. rookie, but but uh, you know, it might be a good idea to bring Cam in just to sit behind. Um, and uh, I don't know, Oakland. Possibly. Yeah, possibly. Maybe, maybe Denver. Maybe De- I'm not sure who Denver's backup is. You know, they have Drew uh, Locke over there. Drew Locke is still unproven. You know, that is true. That is true. I'm not sure, but there's a few destinations that I mean, you know, he could he, he could still be picked up. And with the Chargers, he probably would probably have the best chance to actually start because we have no idea what to expect from uh, what, was it Herbert? Justin Herbert. I up? mean, they, and they yeah, announced this so. week that that Tyrod Taylor will be the starter going into the beginning of the season. <laughs> Going into the beginning. Yeah. Wait, we have, we may want to, we may have a special appearance here. Uh, oh, really? Lauren, uh, one of our, Lauren is here to say hello, uh, to our fans here. Say hello to Franny and our fans, Lauren. Hi, Franny and fans. Hey, hey. <laughs> hello. Hey, Lauren. <laughs> All right. She's creeped out apparently by this, yeah, by the microphone. It, it is a little weird. <laughs> she ran it is away. a little weird. <laughs> Hey, but she she might make an appearance though later, right, Ben? I yeah, don't yeah. know. Yeah, hey, yeah, if she wants to be on, we can you know we can pause it, get her a mic. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Once we get through the NFL news, I'll go ask her. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I think she does. I'm not sure if she wants to or not. Because we have the tag team news coming up, yeah, yeah. and we may need a Seahawks representative. We do for the tag team news, and and uh, she is a Seahawks fan, so you know, like like mother, like daughter. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, next up, we do have a little bit of talk about Justin Herbert. Los Angeles Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn said after the NFL draft that Tyrod Taylor remains the team's starting quarterback heading into training camp, and that will apparently be more than just lip service. The Chargers used the number six overall pick on Justin Herbert, even though Ben wanted him to go to the Steelers. So it goes without saying that they believe the former Oregon star can become a franchise quarterback for them. But Anthony Lynn said this week he needs Herbert needs time to grow and the Chargers are in no rush to put him under center. Uh, Lynn, he prays on how do you leave praise on Tyrod Taylor on Tyrod Taylor after the draft, <laughs> though he did leave the door open for Herbert to win the starting job. Herbert has tremendous physical skills, but is viewed by some as a raw prospect. So the last thing Lynn wants to do is shatter the rookie's confidence. What say you about starting Tyrod Taylor in the most typical NFL thing to do to not run your quarterback out there. Instead, run Tyrod Taylor, who has more than enough opportunity in his career to prove that he can be a starter, has proven that he can be an adequate starter, but not a great starter. What say you, Franny? I would I would have start Herbert from the beginning. You, know, you drafted the guy. He, he was your first pick in the first round. Just start him, you know, if, if he's, if he, you know, doesn't have a good start or whatever. I mean, you have nothing to lose really because you're going to lose games with Tyrod Taylor. You're going to lose games with Herbert anyways. Uh, you're not going to win the division. You don't expect to be good this year anyway. So there's not that much pressure on Herbert right now. Yep. Um, so I, I just, I would just toss him in there and whatever happens, happens. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't understand why the NFL is so old school and always. You know, the, the, and it seems like it. Well, it, it, with with Wentz, I mean, the Wentz basically got thrown in. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't expected to happen that way, but it sort of did happen that way. And I thought that was the best. Just throw in Wentz. You know, the Eagles moved up to you know to grab him in the first round. He's going to be you know your franchise quarterback. Same thing with Herbert here in in LA. So just throw him in there, and whatever happens, happens. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, same thing. Roethlisberger, same thing. You know, injury yeah. comes in, wins 13 games his rookie season. Um, I just don't, I mean, I, these guys have been playing football since they were little kids. And they just finished up two or three years of college. It's the quarterback position in the NFL. It's not as if you're getting whacked around back there the way you used to. Uh, it's a pretty safe position to play if you know what you're doing. The injury risk is fairly low unless you're Carson Wentz, you know, running out of the pocket <laughs> and, you know, well, trying to <laughs> trying to pick up first downs, which I think Herbert would not be allowed to do. It, it, I mean, if you do get injured, it just doesn't you, make a I lot mean, of it's sense. It's better to get injured in your first season than in your fifth or sixth season when you're established. And you're looking uh, for a contract. So you might, if you're going to get injured, you might as well get injured now and then have Tyrod Taylor step in. But, you know, he's your guy. You're going to market the guy. He's going to be on the billboards. He's going to be on that, you know, that new 360 screen that they have going all around the stadium. Yeah. He's going to be the face there. So, you know what? Roll him out. And, yeah. you know, a lot of fans are going to be excited about him. You know, yeah. the three fans that LA does have for the Chargers, they'll be excited about him. So throw him out there and just let the guy play. Let the kid play. Yeah. I mean, this, I mean, Bosnian baseball too, you know, calling guys up when they're 27 years old, 26, 27 years old. If you think the person has, if you think the player has, oh, I like the sound of the bottle opening, has something they can offer at the NFL level or the major league, major league level, I don't know why you'd run Tyrod Taylor out there. I mean, if Phillip Rivers were the quarterback and the, the plan was to let Phillip Rivers, you know, ride off into the sunset, then I get it. But Tyrod Taylor? I mean, honestly, that just doesn't make a lot of, yeah. I mean, I know they I mean, have it's, a, it's like, it's like the, uh, Marshawn Lynch, his first game back for the Seahawks. I mean, why not just have him start the game? You know, the first yeah. run of the game to excite the crowd and, and, and get them, you know, hyped up yeah. and, and excited. Just put him in for the, I, I would, if I was the coach. And I don't know why they didn't do this. I would, I would run out Marshawn Lynch first play down the middle. Uh, instead, they ran out some other running back. I, actually, I don't, I don't even know when they actually put Marshawn Lynch in the game. Um, and it was the, later, the crowd was excited in, uh, when he did. later in the first half, I think. Yeah, when he did come in. So of I would course. do the same thing with Herbert. Put him in. And put he him might in be right coming now, back first too? game. Because the fans yeah, that they do have are excited. Yeah, I mean, it's just the, the Colts. I mean, the Colts, I mean, essentially, they ran Jacoby Brissett out there. I thought it was a smart contract that they gave him because he did have some potential early on in the season. And I mean, I thought he could be a starter, but essentially, you know, you're starting Jacoby Brissett. You're starting Tyrod Taylor. Why would you want to put your team in a potentially put your team in a hole at the outset? As good as that team was the year before last, uh, 12 wins, I think they had the year before last. And they have they have a, a better team now than they had then. I don't know why you would in a league where every game counts risk, you know, stacking up losses early on in the season to save a quarterback who you are essentially paying nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was a sixth pick, but who cares what fucking pick he was? Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, the, 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 the value that they put on that draft pick, it's gone. It's money spent. Mm -hmm. It's out the door. Uh, you're not going to get any more value for that sixth pick. Yes, you took him in the first round. You took him in the top 10. You know, there's a lot of value in that pick, but that value is gone now. It's done. So, you know, you're not going to have to pay this kid for at least four years. Why not run him out there? I just don't get mm -hmm. it. I honestly don't get it. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's not that raw. I mean, he's played college football at a, at a, at a Pac 12 at a big time school. He played in high school. He played before that. I think this kid is prepared, especially from, from the interviews that I've seen with him. I think the kid is prepared to go. I would start him on day one. Yeah. Let him sink or swim. See what happens. I mean, you're not going to lose any money. Like you said, Ben, he's pretty much not free. 
but he's not on a big contract right now, and you have nothing to lose. Yeah, absolutely with, with nothing the, to lose in that division, and with the low expectations, nothing to lose. Yeah, with the rookie weight scale, what happens? What happens in four years? Uh, if the guy, if, what if Justin Herbert turns out to be really, really good, and he wants at that now, you know, four years from now, he wants two hundred and fifty million dollars over five years, whatever the contract <laughs> it will be for a quarterback, man. And you know, you, Prescott you know, will still be looking for that contract. And, and, and you don't, you don't want to. And the Chargers famously don't give those kinds of contracts out. They just don't. The, the 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 team does not spend that kind of money. They never have, and they never will. So you may have to let this guy run out the door in in four to five years anyway. And or he might take a better deal from someone else in five years. So you know, what do you have to lose? I just don't. I guess I just don't understand yeah. it it's like someone giving you Doesn't a ferrari for ten thousand dollars and you're saying no i don't want to drive it i want to i want to <laughs> take care of it i want to take care of this ferrari i mean that doesn't make drive well, the there, fucking car there, there are collectors out there that do buy expensive cars that have them just sit around in the garage but you know they're, they're more valuable when you let them sit but quarterbacks are not more valuable if you let them sit yeah i mean you essentially have a starting quarterback on your roster potentially uh, for the cost of a backup, for the cost they of sound a, like me. For the, for the cost of a backup quarterback, like <laughs> for the cost of a freaking backup DB, like who the fuck cares? Run him out there. I mean, what are you? How experience is the best teacher. There is this this mythology that Aaron Rodgers somehow is better today than he would have been had he started the first day and Brett Favre was traded and Aaron Rodgers, like the Aaron Rodgers learned anything that he became a better quarterback sitting behind Brett Favre for three years is just <laughs> hogwash. There's, n- there's no data to back up that sitting in an office next to somebody who's working makes you a better worker. That that's essentially the logic behind that is I just sit and watch Franny work. And then three years later I start doing his job and I'm supposed to be better at it long-term had I not watched him for three years. It just makes no fucking sense. Than actually doing the job. Sorry, I could go on about this forever. That they do the same shit in fucking baseball. It makes me remember trying to keep this under three hours, Ben. All right, Friday. That's the end <laughs> of the. That's the end of the NFL news. Uh, you want to take a uh, a quick break? Let's, th- yeah, let's take a quick break. All right, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. <laughs> All right, and we are back, and Ben, we are done with the NFL news. Can portion, you believe correct? it? Can you believe it? I can't believe it. It, was, it still took an hour. <laughs> it did take longer than expected. Because of all my rambling about Justin Herbert and his need to play today. And we agreed on it. It is yeah, true. Yeah. It is true, but we, yeah. won't, we won't talk about that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, next up, Ben, on the big board, we actually have our promo for one of our fellow podcasters out there. All right. We have a quick promo. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All of our NFL independent podcasters out there, all of our colleagues doing this for the love of the game, not for the love of the money and the spotlight doing this because we enjoy it. And because we're trying to bring you top quality content. This is another independent podcaster from the big Apple. Uh, We'll give you a quick promo and then we'll let you know a little bit more about them. Check out NY Jets Fans Podcast for all your weekly Jets and NFL news, game previews, and reviews for all Jets games. 
Join hosts Davin, Sharman, and Chris weekly for all things Jets, NFL, and some laughs also. Find us everywhere you get your podcasts. NY Jets Fans Podcast, where Jets and NFL fans come for all things football. All right, folks. That is the Jets Fans Podcast, the New York Jets Fans Podcast out of New York City. Hosts Davin, Chris, and Charmin talk about all things New York Jets and all things NFL every single week, even through the COVID-19 pandemic. These guys are knowledgeable, fun, and they don't hold back their opinions. They are awesome. You can find them on Apple Podcasts. Look for a link in the show notes. And you can find them on Twitter at Jets Fans Podcast. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our tag team news, our Thurston Goal news, your Steelers news, my Eagles news, and Sanya's Seahawks news. Nobody to represent the Seahawks, though. Neither Sanya nor Lauren. I know. It's a pretty sad <laughs> state of affairs here. Uh, the podcast continues week after week, but we have lost uh, Sonia somewhat, uh, but I'm sure she will be back as we get closer to the season and definitely during the season. Uh, just not that excited, uh, to talk about Justin Herbert and whether he should <laughs> or should not start for the San Diego or the Los Angeles Chargers. But first up, we have a little bit of Steelers news. We'll jump around a little bit. Uh, but Jay Glazer. Talking shit after earlier this year, uh, <laughs> announcing, announcing that he had huge news the following day that was going to be breaking and that he was going to be the one to break it. And it turned out the next day that he announced that someone had COVID-19 really poorly played, uh, on that one earlier this year. My big news is that someone might die. You might not want to handle it that way next time, Jay. Uh, but Jay Glazer knows the Steelers better than pretty much any national football writer. That's unfortunately true. Uh, his sideline access to players in the team as a whole during training camp is pretty well known. He's a regular season preseason uh, on the preseason circuit every year in Latrobe. Uh, but this year, he says of Ben Roethlisberger, first of all, let's not put the words fitness and Ben Roethlisberger together. They are allergic to each other, Glazer wrote in his mailbag this week. He said, there is no fitness in Ben Roethlisberger. His idea of a great off-season workout program is doing one yoga session, playing golf, and drinking some beer. Glazer was asked about the Steelers as a sleeper this year if Roethlisberger is back to 85%, and that was his response. Uh, what do you think about Jay Glazer essentially insulting Ben Roethlisberger's fitness routine that has kept him healthy for damn near 15 straight years in the NFL with very few injuries along the way. If you take out the motorcycle accident, that didn't really have anything to do with football or fitness. But why do you think Jay Glazer saw the need to point out Ben Roethlisberger's alleged poor workout routine? Um, I mean, there's nothing else to talk about probably. And so he just, uh, wanted to write an article. Uh, I think he's, he's, um, I mean, you know, obviously Ben Roethlisberger has been lucky, um, you know, his entire career. He hasn't had that many serious injuries, uh, pretty much up until this season. Um, but he's never been the model of, um, I don't know, like fitness. <laughs> Or, you know, any sort of fitness guru, uh, even in, even in, um, the latest pictures that we saw of Ben Roethlisberger, he looked, 
uh, like, well, he almost looked like a bum. I mean, yeah, he, he, he does, his, his he beard does. was all overgrown. He, he had he had a beer belly, a beer gut. You know, um, you didn't you see know, him in the picture he, he this week looked, with the bear, where he shot a bear and he was like laying down next to the bear. Yeah, the did bear. You know which one was the bear and which yeah, one was yeah, him? The dead bear, <laughs> I mean, like, like the dead bear in his arm. Yeah. He he uh he looked like I mean he kind of looked like Grizzly Adams I mean he he really did uh look out of shape and that wasn't that long ago I mean uh, that was maybe what maybe a month and a half ago that we saw him um with the long yeah, yeah. beard and it's still there and, and, yeah, yeah I'm sure it is <laughs> I'm sure it is so I mean you know it's an article uh you know it gives Jay Glazer something to do but I think there is some truth behind it you know Ben Roethlisberger never looked like the most fit guy on the football field he was never the most fleet of foot either. Uh, run out of the pocket, you know, he just, um, he, he always looked very awkward in his motions. Um, but, you know, he's, he's been lucky in not being injured, but I wouldn't say he's been, you know, he, he's, he's very fit. No, but he did know. tackle the Colts defensive back <laughs> following an interception to save the game and, and, and get the Steelers to a Super Bowl one year. So he's he is a big pretty, guy. He's pretty he's athletic. Uh, and granted, a couple years ago, there was a whole, uh, group of stories in Pittsburgh about someone seeing Ben Roethlisberger in the weight room. And it was almost like they had seen Bigfoot in the wild, uh, because they had never <laughs> seen him in there before. Um, uh, and, and, but I'd rather keep it a funny punchline type of thing as long as he's healthy and it doesn't appear to be damaging his career. I mean, Cam Newton's reluctance to change his mechanics for his entire career has essentially dumped him on the scrap heap. And he, by all accounts from the pictures I've seen appears to be in pretty damn good shape. So, you know, just hitting the weight room doesn't necessarily mean that you're in shape to play football or that it's indicative of your ability to, you know, to withstand or to prevent injuries. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger's injury this year was kind of a freak injury. It wasn't necessarily something that, um, you know, being in the weight room with a trainer every day would have prevented. So I think it's a little bit of a low blow. I'd rather keep it funny with Roethlisberger until, you know, until it shows some sign of actually impacting his career, which it, it hasn't really shown thus far. I think that's fair. Ben, protecting your quarterback. I have to. <laughs> I have to. Because defending, he's 30, defending Ben Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, he's 38 years old, been in the league for 15, 16 years. Uh, the majority of his career has played at least 13 games in every season. Most, you know, last couple of years, 16 games leading up to this particular season. So working out or not working out, uh, you know, I, I don't know that it, and who knows if it's true or not, you know, just because he doesn't work out with the team, Ben Roethlisberger isn't known as being a, a mentor type who wants to hang out with his teammates and, and, you know, and chill in, you know, and, and, and shoot the shit. So I mean, who knows where he's working out or if he's working out. I just thought it was a little bit of a, a low blow from Glazer there, considering the two time Super Bowl winning quarterback, uh, is coming into his, uh, season where he'll turn 39 years old. And I think he's played pretty well for the most part over his career. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But next up, we have a little bit of story coming out of the Eagles. No one knows quarterbacks better than Ron Jaworski. Would you, would you agree with that? That no one knows quarterbacks better than Ron Jaworski? I think there are probably other people that know quarterbacks <laughs> better than Ron Jaworski. 
but the 15 year veteran has made, has made a career out of breaking down and building up signal callers as a television analyst. So you know Jaworski would have plenty to say about his former team, the Philadelphia Eagles, selecting Oklahoma quarterback Jalen Hurts in the second round of the 2020 draft. Jaworski said, You can never have enough talented quarterbacks on a roster, and my knee-jerk reaction as I'm watching the draft, Jalen Hurts with a 53rd pick, I went, ooh, I didn't see that coming. I don't think most people saw it coming. Uh, I think how Doug operates, how Doug Peterson, the head coach, he's a gimmick and gadget guy. You know, he likes these guys that can do a lot of different things. When you look at Jalen Hurts, unbelievable, unbelievable production in college as a passer and as a runner, the ability to move outside the pocket, he's the complete package. And so I think Doug looks at this as another kind of gadget, maybe early in his career, that he could develop into a consistent NFL quarterback because Hurts can throw. He's accurate. He's strong-armed. So to me, he is the complete package, and I'm buying into this thing 100%. What do you say? think about Jaws on board with the Jalen Hurts picks saying you essentially got Taysom Hill, but way better? Oh, I think he's better than, yeah, than Taysom Hill. Um, I mean, he, he could have uh, potentially been a starting quarterback for a lot of teams in the NFL, including your Steelers, Ben. It, uh, it's still um, it's still surprising that they didn't pick him up when they had the chance to grab him. And he was, uh, he was on the board. The, that second, yeah, he was, he was still there. He was still there in the second round. Uh, but no, it, it is true. I, you know, it seems like Doug Peterson um, does like versatile players, guys that can do more than uh, one thing, um, you know, in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, in, in the biggest play in the Super Bowl, other than the strip sack, the Philly special, um, you just look at the players, uh, from that particular play, um, with Trey Burton throwing the ball to Nick Foles. Trey Burton was the tight end, but Trey Burton was also a high school quarterback. So he could throw the ball. You know, Nick Foles was a high school basketball player. I think he may have played in college as well. Yep. So he's got good hands. He can catch the ball too. Um, so you got these guys that can throw, that can catch. You know, they don't just play one position. You got Greg Ward last yeah, season. I was going to say. Um, for the Eagles who, uh, you know, was a wide receiver for us, but also could have come in as a quarterback. I mean, even uh, McCown was willing to play wide receiver, uh, in, 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 in the playoffs as well. If he needed to at the end of the season, he was willing to get in there. So, you know, it's definitely um, what uh, what Doug Peterson uh, seems to be looking for in players is a lot of versatility and it seems like a lot of speed now uh, with the recent picks in the draft. But, uh, you know, definitely guys that can do more than one thing. So, yeah, Jaws is definitely 100% right. Yeah, and I like, and I have to like Ron Jaworski and I like his his analysis on ESPN or whatever network he's with these days. I think it's really, really, uh, he actually has a really good understanding of the game and he explains it in a way that even a lay person can wrap their mind around. And, and I'm really enthusiastic about this Hurts pick. The more time I have to digest it and the more I picture him in my mind's eye out there in the field, uh, around the field playing for the Eagles, especially even this season, uh, I think that he will add a level of trickeration in some gadget plays and potentially spell uh, he'll spell Carson Wentz in games when the Eagles have a big lead. And we hope that there are a significant number of games where the Eagles have a big lead this season instead of what they did last season, which is sort of fall behind early and have to scrap their way back into games. I mean, I, I'm really, really, really enthusiastic about this pick. The more time I have to digest it. And I wish the Steelers mm-hmm. had made a similar move. Uh, and I yeah, think yeah, I mean, they could line them up. They could line them up pretty much anywhere. 
Yeah. I mean, they can have him as the running back, wide receiver, quarterback. I mean, he, he's a guy that can do a lot of different things on the field. I mean, he's got speed. Um, he's, you know, he's got quickness, uh, you know, you know, he, he, he can do everything that a running back can do. He can do everything that a quarterback can do. His accuracy is whatever, um, right now. Um, but you know, even if they need to line him up, uh, you know, as a wide receiver, he can do that as well. So yeah, I'm really excited. He can do a lot of different things. I am so excited about the tag teams this year. Uh, Roethlisberger <laughs> coming back, you guys, the Seahawks and what they're doing. I am really, really excited about one of these three teams. Uh, being in the Super Bowl. But next up, we have some exciting news, if it's true. And Mama Lynch says it is true. Free agent running back Marshawn Lynch said his agent has been in discussions with the Seattle Seahawks about a potential return. Uh, well, it's almost on that expect the unexpected. Lynch told Scott Van Pelt on Monday when asked about his future. Lynch said, but that as far as right now, what I do know is I'm going to keep it solid. My agent, Doug Hedrickson, has been in talks with Seattle. So like I said, we'll see what happens. If it works out, I get back up there and it is what it is. And if not, shit, I'm looking good anyway. So I ain't really tripping too much. Uh, as as Marshawn Lynch, uh, a response as you can possibly Get, I uh, turned 34. He's only 34. Turned 34 in April. Unretired for the second time before week 17 of last season to rejoin the Seahawks after injuries decimated their backfield. Uh, the regular season, they lost three running backs in a row back to back to back. Lynch carried the ball 30 times for 67 yards, scored four TDs and hadn't played in the prior 14 months. What say you about Lynch coming back to Seattle? And Mama Lynch says it's true. <laughs> What do you think? Yeah, we talked about him. We talked about him last week. Yeah, uh, I can't ben. stop. He, he was, I can't help myself. Yeah, I know he he was your feel good story of the week. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it would be great to get Sonia's perspective on this as well. I'm sure she would. You oh, know, she's, she's ecstatic. She's ecstatic. Well, I, yeah, she's yeah, she's she's definitely happy about this, and I'm sure a lot of people, um, you know, that are fans of football are are happy about this too. I mean, he's just a class act. He's a great player. Uh, you know. I, He's getting older, you know, but, you know, every time he takes the field, I'll definitely appreciate watching him run the ball. Um, he's, he's always exciting when he has the ball, and, and he's also fun off the field as well. And listen to his post-game interviews. Even though he doesn't want to talk to the media, he still talks to them. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, it's, 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 always, uh, it's always hilarious just listen to the guy talk. He's, yeah. he's just a class act. I'm, I'm glad he's back. I'm really excited, and I hope, I hope it does yeah. happen. Uh, but next up, <laughs> Richard Sherman, one of your favorite NFL players, going after one of your other favorite NFL players. Richard Sherman has heard the criticism of Jimmy Garoppolo surrounding the 49ers loss in the Super Bowl, and he said it's just barbershop talk. It's just something to have a topic. It's just foolish, Sherman told KNBR this past Wednesday. When you hear them blaming Jimmy, Jimmy doesn't play defense. We had a 10-point lead. We get the guy a stop. We win the game. Sherman making his first public comments of the offseason took personal responsibility for the NFL's top-ranked passing defense, allowing 21 straight points to Kansas City over the final six-plus minutes of the fourth quarter in San Francisco's blue, a 10-point lead to lose 31-20. to 20. Sherman went on to say, so those things you go into the offseason and you have a correct you have to correct it and you have to work hard and pushes you to work hard and pushes you to fight to do the extra reps that make you do what you don't have to do to make that mistake not happen again. I don't know what that means. 
Uh, but Jimmy played fine. Sherman continued. He did what he was supposed to do. We got to finish that game out. I got to finish that game out. I got to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm an all pro pro player. I got to play all pro down the stretch, although that would be debatable. I think along the leaders on the team, we would defend him vigorously because he had nothing to do with him. The loss did not have anything to do with him. But if you look at those stats down the stretch in the fourth quarter of that game, Garoppolo was fucking horrific. What do you think about Richard Sherman coming out to, you know, to pick up his quarterback who clearly was not ready for prime time in that fourth quarter against a Kansas City Chiefs defense coached by Spagnolo, but still not really a top tier defense and just getting shredded down the stretch? What do you think about Sherman backing up his QB? I think I think it's uh I think he's right. I think it is foolish uh to be, you know, writing all this uh negative it. stuff about Jimmy GQ. God, I, I don't, you I don't love think you some Jimmy GQ. I, I'm not I, I just I don't like Shanahan and and his play calling at the end of that game. Uh you know, I don't think it has or anything to do with Jimmy game. G. Or, or well, you know, I mean he was okay throughout the game, but when it, you know when it was crunch time, he made some terrible calls. Uh you know, obviously Jimmy GQ, if, if he converted on some of those plays, then, you know, we'll be talking about this. But, you know, you have to use your strength at the end of the game, which is their running game. And uh, for some reason, they went away completely from the run and they just started tossing the ball around. That really, you know, is, is what brought Kansas City back into the game. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I think um, Richard Sherman is, is, uh, is correct in defending his quarterback for sure. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess he's got to defend his quarterback. I don't know why you would be doing it now, but Garoppolo in the fourth quarter of that game was three for 11 for 36 yards and an interception. He had a 2.8 passer rating in the fourth quarter. The only player with a lower rating in the fourth quarter of playoff loss since the 2000 season was Vince Young, who had a zero uh, rating. Jimmy G with no pressure in that Super Bowl game. 86% completions for 199 yards, one TD, and 120% or 120 passer rating when under pressure, 11% completions for 20 yards, two, two interceptions, and a sack. Uh, I just think he did not play well under the pressure of the bright lights of the Super Bowl. And I agree that Sherman has to defend him, but I think there are big, big questions, and there should be big, big questions, aside from Shanahan's play calling in a game, whether Jimmy Garoppolo is the kind of quarterback that can play at a high level under significant pressure in a big game. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, those stats are mind-blowing. Yeah, I mean, can Matt Ryan play under those conditions with the same coach? I mean, you know, it was, I think I blame Shanahan 100% for the Atlanta loss uh, to New England uh, when they were up twenty eight to you know twenty eight to three, and that was and an even so, bigger I mean, blown same, lead. Yeah, that, that exactly same coach, uh, same lead in the fourth quarter, actually even larger lead, you know, against uh, New England. But you know, I don't, I don't blame Matt Ryan. I don't blame Jimmy GQ. It's all Damn. on Shanahan, and you got to play. You got to play to your strengths. The entire season it was their defense and their run game. For some reason, in the fourth quarter, he figured you know Jimmy GQ should start tossing the ball around. Doesn't make any sense. All right, we're going to have to put another Mount Rushmore. Uh, this time, well, I guess we'll put it, maybe this time we'll put it in North Dakota. Uh, it'll have Alex Smith, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Kirk Cousins. Uh, who else are we going to put on your Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks there? Am I leaving anybody yeah, out? You forgot Case, Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Is- <laughs> on, on, Friday's, on Friday's Mount Rushmore of undeserved criticism of quarterbacks. 
uh, I think, I mean, so you're saying that Shanahan's play calling in yeah. both of those games contributed to the horrific numbers of the, of the quarterback down the stretch. It wasn't as much Matt Ryan shit the bed and Jimmy Garoppolo shit no. the bed as, uh, Shanahan's play calling down the stretch hampered mm-hmm. the quarterback's chances to be That's successful. What it was. That's what it was, Ben. All right. Okay. <laughs> so, and, and Kirk Cousins and the play calling in, in the game, uh, when Kirk Cousins beat the, uh, the, the, New Orleans Saints this year. That was that was Kirk Cousins' uh, play, or was brilliance. that or was that the, was that it was the, his brilliance? Was that Kirk the Cousins play calling <laughs> of the offensive coordinator? Now Kirk Cousins actually made some huge plays in that game. He did. I like Kirk Cousins. He did. He did, he did make some huge plays in that game. Um, but you know, damn. and 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 if uh, you know if Jimmy G did connect with uh, Emmanuel Sanders at the end of the game. We wouldn't be talking about this. That didn't happen. I mean, obviously that was his mistake. Um, but I, you know, more so than anything, it was the play calling of Shanahan in that game that really cost him the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I, and I just so have, after Richard watch- Sherman, Richard Sherman should, should, uh, defend his quarterback and criticize his coach. Okay. Well, that's not going to happen, <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's interesting because watching the, the, the game that they played against the Saints, whatever that was a 48 to 46 game they played earlier in the year. Uh, when Shanahan's mind was completely, you know, laser focused on the concept of having to score a shit ton of points, they had the right play call drawn up against what was a better Saints defense than Kansas City. I mean, Kansas City's defense, as you mentioned earlier, played well down the stretch there. But the New Orleans, the New Orleans Saints defense was pretty good down the stretch as well. And they were able to put up 48 points against them. So, so there might be something to the Shanahan thing, but I'll, I'll I'll move Aaron Rodgers, I guess, over to the left of Kirk Cousins. So we'll have Rodgers, Keenum, Cousins, Smith, and now we're we're gonna add Jimmy Garoppolo to your Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks. Uh, we're gonna have to get you a little bobble. The first podcast we do when you're back over here in a couple weeks, uh, when they release the rest- or when they continue to to cut back on these restrictions, we're gonna get. I'm gonna have to order all five of those bobbleheads for you, just so you can have <laughs> all five of those quarterbacks in front of you at any given time. <laughs> It's gonna be it's gonna be difficult to find the the Case Keenum bobblehead and uh, I don't think there. they make any. It's got to be and out Alex there somewhere. Smith, uh, you know, you know, I don't think they're gonna have a uh, Alex Smith bobblehead. They might. I mean, they both started for some bobble I mean, leg, but not it might bobble. be a different team. I mean, you might get a you might get a Minnesota bobblehead for for Case Keenum instead of a <laughs> uh, where he is he's in Cleveland, I think now. I think last week we said I said he was in Washington. I think he's actually in in Cleveland. So I made a mistake there. So I apologize for that. And he's the best quarterback there. Yeah, that's that actually is true. He might be the best wide receiver there as well. <laughs> uh, next up, we got poor, poor Davion Clowney uh, riding around in a car with Cam Newton. No one seems to want this guy. Uh, Clowney remains open to re-signing with the Seattle Seahawks. The defensive end would have to take a significant pay cut. Uh, that's what they what pay cut to what they had offered him earlier. Uh, after the end of the season, the Seahawks have not completely shut the door on re-signing Clowney, although it seems unlikely, uh, but it's not considered likely due to the part, due, the, due in part to their financial situation and the amount of money the free agent defensive end has been asking for. Uh, general manager John Schneider, who I like, has hinted that the, un, it's unlikely in recent public comments 
that they're going to get a deal done with Clowney. Uh, Schneider said, we look, we took a good run at it. Schneider said, uh, it didn't happen. He's a great guy. He fit in great in the locker room, did a really nice job for us, but we need to be conducting business. And he was just not in a position to make the move. So we gave it a run and now we've got to keep going. And that's what we've done. Uh, Clowney was seeking a deal averaging $21 million a season. Uh, he dropped his asking price to around 17 million to 18 million. Uh, a source told ESPN a few weeks ago, the, Seah- the Seahawks don't currently have an offer on the table to Clowney after re- he rejected their last offer. Uh, the Seahawks have about $21 million in cap space. But what say you about Clowney, uh, deal with the Browns fell through, deal with the Seahawks fell through. Uh, no one knows where Clowney is going to go. Uh, but what do you think mm-hmm. about the, uh, the Seahawks? Essentially, moving on from Jadavion Clowney, you, one oh, of, you, one okay, of your no. favorite players, right? He's the right guy, next. To, he's next to Aaron oh, Rodgers. Yeah, up there. the guy is amazing. Carson Wentz and, and then Clowney too. <laughs> nah, um, I mean they can't. I mean obviously he wants more money um, than they really want to give him, uh, which seems to be the case with every team right now. I mean Jadavion Clowney had one you know good season with uh, with Houston, um, and you know with with, with this year with the Seahawks, he was okay. You know, he, he wasn't yeah, terrible, yeah. but he was just okay. But, you know, he, he's looking for elite level type money, um, or he was at least. And, and now, you know, he, he's sort of lowered his expectations a bit. Um, but yeah, he's still looking for too much. You know, I mean, he, he thinks he's worth more than he really is. And, and, you know, we've been talking about this for a while. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't see a team out there that's willing to spend a lot of money. Uh, you know, if he came to the Eagles, seriously, if he came to the Eagles, I think he's a dirty player. But if well, he I would to love come for to the have right him on my roster. I'll, I'll, I'll take him. I mean, just I'm sure you would take him on the Steelers too if they could afford him as I well. Mean, but if, the right I mean, Vontez Burfecht. I know Vontez Burfecht. <laughs> took out fucking Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. But you know, I'd love to have him on my roster for the right price. <laughs> for the right <laughs> and Dom- price. And Dominican Sue. Oh yeah, yeah. Where is he? Where, where's is he around <laughs> somewhere? <laughs> For the right price, though, you know, I, I wouldn't mind him he on, might on get, my He team. might get signed for $15 million. I mean, his, his price might go down from 21 to 15. Uh, 15 might even be too high. Yeah. I mean, I think the, I think the Seahawks are still going to get, I suspect they're still going to get something done uh, with Clowney. Yeah, it's still a lot of money, but is he worth, I mean, even if it was 15 or $14 million, is it worth it? I mean, you know, worth his, 15, his, production, yeah. his production wasn't that great this year. I mean, three I mean, sacks, you know, I don't know how many, you know, quarterback curries or whatever, you know, I, a lot. How many tackles he had? You know, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what it was, but he wasn't really that impressive. And he did this have, a, he year did have warrant, an injury. Did have an upper body you know, injury. 15. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I like him. I, I mean, I think I think the Seahawks should try to get something done because their offensive line, regardless of what they say, has not been improved significantly, and they're going to need that defense to play at a high level, especially later in the year. And they need that depth on the defense. So I'd like to see him get something done. But if Clowney's looking for that kind of money. He might have to wait a long time. Hey, did you see this week? Uh, Sonia showed it to me. Did you see Will Ferrell on the Seahawks, on the Seahawks, uh, team meeting? Uh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard about that. I thought, I thought you were going to bring up Earl Thomas, who's not with the Seahawks, uh, but was with well, he the told Seahawks. Me that he told us not to talk about it because it's none of our business. That's what he said. Yeah, it's, none of, it's nobody's business. He it's, wants his privacy now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but he's giving the middle finger to all the Seahawks fans and the coaches. That's you know, don't don't you can write about that all you want, but don't write about my yeah. my was it his wife girlfriend was it his wife? His his wife walked in on on him and his brother, uh, 
with another woman yeah. in bed. So wait, yeah, was it him and, and his brother with another woman? Yeah, yeah. It was it that's, was a tag team. That's a weird a shit team. on so, a whole bunch of different levels. Yeah, well, you know, hey, I mean, if you're gonna do it, you might as well do it with your brother. <laughs> Keep it in the family. You share like those a, experiences. It's like a brother. Exactly. It's like a brother wife situation. Yeah, and so his wife, I guess, walked in with a gun, and uh, had a gun to, uh, <laughs> Can yeah, you and, and and you know, yeah, and on Instagram or what is it, Twitter, you know, you know, and, you know, please respect our privacy in like, these I mean, times. But that's some shit you see like in a in like a mob movie, right? That's, well, Lifetime. Like, like, that's what you see in a Lifetime movie, where the woman walks in and she just puts the gun to the guy. I mean, that's that's some. <laughs> Like, where do you have the gun? Like, well, yeah. how, how do you know this is going on? And if you do suspect that it's going on, like right when you walk in the house, like, how do you go for the gun right away? Like, how do you know there's not something else going on in there? How do you know, you know, like, why do you walk in there with a gun? Where'd the gun come from? How, like, how quickly did you whip it out? Or has she, I don't know, maybe she's known about it for a while. And then this is how she approached the situation. Um, and why but, are you yeah, doing no, it at your own house? Doesn't the brother have a house? Was. I mean, I don't, I don't, it's, maybe it was like on that, you know, that show Cheaters? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe she had like a private investigator or something, you know, with a secret video. Were there little bubbles that popped then, up, like little bubble, uh, like little bl- bubble blurbs, like, "Oh, she's coming home. <laughs> she's going to be surprised what she sees in there." It's like great grainy, like night vision, yeah, yeah. goggle video. Uh, it may, maybe she's known about it for a while, but it's it's pretty oh, crazy that you would walk God. in with a gun. I mean, you know, I, yeah. I, I mean. I, I, and then you said well, it wasn't loaded, but it gun. turned out it was loaded. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that was his yeah. first response was that it wasn't loaded, but the police said it was in fact loaded. <laughs> she loaded it, and it the safety was off. It is. <laughs> and the safety was off. Uh, yeah, you got to say another Steve McNair situation going on there. I mean, I think you might want to tone that down a little yeah. bit. Yeah, uh, right. That was that was pretty similar, right? I mean, uh, yeah. not to make light of the situation, uh, definitely but that not. was definitely the not. same thing where his wife uh, or girlfriend—I can't remember whether his wife or girlfriend—walked in on on him uh, cheating on her. I mean, you know, obviously, um, you know, he doesn't deserve what he got, but no. uh, that's that's uh, that's that's some that's some shit there. Respect that. Respect. <laughs> For sure. When there's a felony, uh, when there's attempted murder, you don't have privacy at that point. Then it's the people versus xyz it's yeah. not it's no longer uh you know earl thomas versus you know when yeah, you, if it was just earl thomas but then he has his brother involved at the same time you know that that, like, that takes it to a, a different crime. level yeah yeah that's like a you know so that was, that was pretty interesting news i just thought I'd, i would throw that in there i, I didn't even the know the seahawks. brother was even there he's not he's not on the seahawks but he was on the seahawks for a long time i, and, I didn't you know, know i didn't know he's in your brother. division now if you want to say anything negative ben and take a shot there you are Oh, fuck Earl Thomas. I mean, come on. I mean, if he gives the finger to the Seahawks fans and then he goes out of his way, I mean, his brother? I mean, I love my brother, but I don't love him. I don't love him that much. I don't, I don't, I don't want to have a thruffle with my brother. Um, so that, that's absurd. I will take a shot for that, but that, that, that is absurd. And I didn't even know that the brother was there. This is news to me. I'm hearing this on the podcast. I just heard the gun to the head. The gun wasn't loaded. It was loaded. And then he demanded his privacy for a felony that was reported to the police department and where there will be criminal charges filed almost certainly. Um, but yeah, I will take a shot for that. But on a, on a funnier note, yeah, the Will Ferrell, I, I definitely suggest that you check out the Will Ferrell, uh, conference call with the, with the Seahawks players. It was pretty hilarious. Uh, he went out, you know, he, he called a bunch of plays, uh, essentially was playing the role, I think, of a bunch of different players, including, uh, Olsen. And I mean, he did a really, really good job of it. And it was, it was 
pretty funny under the circumstances. I mean, he stood up and showed his fat ass gut in the middle playing, uh, playing Greg Olson. He's like, is this the body? Is this the body of a 32 year old or whatever it was? And, <laughs> you know, big fat roll hanging out over his belt. Uh, but he, you know, he essentially, uh, you know, said how many plays he was going to be involved in and, you know, demanded a certain type of, you know, formation. But it was, it was pretty funny. But here is to the Baltimore Ravens not being as disciplined as we thought. Yeah, I'll just take a shot with you, Ben. All right, let's do well, it. I'm let's... sure the, the Ravens are. Earl Thomas is not. No. <laughs> yeah, that's disgusting. Uh, who thought, to, who thought to make that? Southern Comfort Lime. Lime. Are limes big in the freaking south, uh, southeast? Mm. I grew up on the East Coast. We're not, we're not, not, sure. not a lot of limes on the East Coast. We're more of a lemon lemon crew. <laughs> we're more of a we're more of a lemon sweet tea kind of crew. We're not really into the the limes in our liquor, unless it's a gin and tonic. Uh, but that's about it for the NF or for the uh, tag team news this week. Franny, uh, anything else to add before we move on? I think that's it, Ben. I think that's all I have to add for the tag team news. All right. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have the feel-good story. Oh, we do have a feel-good story. Hold tight, everybody. All right, Frane, we have our feel good story. Are you ready? Yes, I am, Ben. You know, you're I'm excited to hear what your we, feel good story is this we week. We are dragging through this COVID nineteen pandemic <laughs> and we're looking for feel good stories out there as we do even during the regular season of the NFL. And I just wanted to find one from someone from the university at Buffalo, and I was able to find one. Khalil Mac, he donated $350,000 for COVID-19 relief in the Chicago area. Chicago Bears linebacker and University at Buffalo linebacker Khalil Mack donated $350,000 to the COVID-19 relief fund organized by A Better Chicago, a philanthropy venture that supports initiatives that serve low-income youth. The money will immediately be distributed to local nonprofits providing critical support to vulnerable communities. Max said, I am blessed to be able to assist the community and excited to have others who have stepped up and partnered with me on this. Uh, a better Chicago is on the ground and satisfying the immediate needs of so many vulnerable communities. Let's not stop here. The effects of COVID-19 are far from over, Max said. So what say you about Mac donating nearly half a million dollars to Chicago's most vulnerable. What say you, Franny? Good for him. Good for him. Could have gone to Las Vegas <laughs> to to to, uh, to play for the Raiders. If he was still with the, I still, I, I still question that move. Not sure exactly, you know why. Actually, no. Wait, the other way. It went the other way, right? The Raiders traded him to Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I don't. I, never, I still don't understand that trade. Um, but yeah, uh, good for him. You think that you think the Raiders should have kept Khalil Mack, the best oh, yeah, linebacker sure. in the league, or second yeah. best linebacker at the time behind well, Bobby mean, Wagner? He definitely he's a he's a he's a, he's a difference maker. He's, he's definitely a difference maker. All right. Well, thank you, Khalil Mack, for 
getting out there and doing this type of work. We truly, truly appreciate it. And hold tight. We'll be right back with our next story. All right, Franny, what's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, we have the Jordan documentary. Oh, the your last favorite. Dance, ben. You pushed me and pushed me and pushed me <laughs> to watch this documentary, and I finally got through five episodes of the six. It wasn't that much pushing. No. I just said, hey, Ben, check out that and <laughs> then I documentary. And then I couldn't stop. I watched like, episode three, oh, four, and five back okay. to back to back. I watched three in a row. Yeah, no. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's excellent. I mean, they, they did a good job of editing it and putting it together. All the little snippets that they have, the music, the interviews. I mean, everything is, uh, it's so well done. Um, it's what you'd expect from, uh, you know, any ESPN documentary. ESPN usually does a pretty good job, uh, with their documentaries. But, uh, Ben, what did you think? I mean, I loved it. I mean, I, 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 I'm so excited to watch the next five episodes of this. I mean, picking up with, with episode three, uh, this was sort of the Rodman centric series uh or the rodmick centric episode i mean and i mean learning more about robin and the camaraderie that that he had with the team and the respect that the other teammates had for him uh i think this was this the 48 hours episode where he just needed a break for 48 hours to go to vegas and jordan had to go drag him out of his bed and bring him back to the practice facility after the 48 hours had expired i think this might have been that i think we episode didn't- did we talk about that? Yeah, I don't know if we, me and you talked about it last week because I don't think you watched it to that point. No, no, I hadn't. I, I watched yeah, yeah three, yeah. four, and five. Uh, that was yeah. it. Was just really interesting to watch Robin's reaction to the things that people were saying about him now in retrospect. How much respect they they had for him and and and, and living through it, it was it was such an amazing time because he always and and for, to hear Phil Jackson say that he always performed on the court. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there was, I mean, there was a little bit of a time when he was sort of going through a, you know, a little bit of a lull when his role was diminished when, when after Pippen came back, but to, to watch him, you know, perform. I mean, I always loved, loved watching, watching Dennis Rodman. I mean, that, I mean, you know, he did, he definitely doesn't get a lot of credit because he would, he didn't score a ton of points, but he definitely always gave, you know, 110% of himself. You know, on the court, uh, with the hustle, uh, plays that he would make with the rebounds, with, uh, the defense. Um, so I mean, he doesn't get enough credit for that. Obviously, in, in, you know, the documentary is getting a lot of credit, but a lot of people tend to forget that Dennis Rodman was there and that he was, you know, he, he was, Integral. he contributed a lot to yeah. that team. Yeah. And I think this is, I mean, minute. everybody knows Jordan and Pippen. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about, uh, Phil Jackson. And, uh, you know, you remember the big shots that, um, you, even John Paxson hit or, or Ooh. Steve Kerr hit yep. in the playoffs. You remember those shots. I remember, uh, that, that, that Paxson shot. That's one of my first, like, memories of basketball in, you know, in, in 93 when, uh, I mean, obviously I remember basketball before that, but like that was a huge moment. Yeah. And I think I have a, you know, a card, like, uh, some basketball cards, you know, with, um, with Paxson actually hitting, that three pointer, I probably have it buried away somewhere. I probably still own that card somewhere. Yeah, and Jordan, um, Jordan but, didn't know, want him he, to take the shot. Yeah, well, yeah. he wasn't supposed to take the yeah, shot. Apparently, uh, you know, and people remember Horace Grant and and uh, you know his contributions to the team and and um, you know 
Rodman sort of is is uh, he, he's sort of forgotten because he didn't take those big shots, but he was like kind of the enforcer. He was he was the guy that set the tone. He, he was the guy that brought the attitude to the team. Oh yeah, and then finally, you know, finally getting over the hump uh, after mm-hmm. the Jordan rules in Detroit. I mean, just watching. I mean that that would never happen today. I mean those those kind of fouls would never happen today. Uh, there's mm-hmm. just, there, they, there would be flagrants called, there would be ejections. Uh, but watching, uh, the Jordan rules unfold and Jordan, you know, hitting the gym and realizing that he couldn't allow that to happen the following season was, was pretty amazing. And watching this, just the, the vitriol between the Pistons and the Bulls to this day, to this day, you know, playing the, the, the footage of the Bulls shaking everyone's hands after the, the loss. In in the in the deciding game, and then watching the Pistons walk off, you know, mm-hmm. without shaking anyone's hands, and watching dickheads like Isaiah Thomas try to <laughs> justify, you know, what they did, uh, and then yeah, watch- especially B- Bill Lambeer too, yeah, and Bill Lambeer. I mean, the hatred because I mean Jordan was never not classy. He wanted to win at all costs, but he wasn't a dickhead about it. Maybe during the game. But, but to watch what the Pistons <laughs> did there and, and, and the Jordan, I forgot, I had forgotten all about the Jordan rules. Essentially just knock his ass down the second he gets anywhere near the basket. I mean, it was, it was, that was some intense basketball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, kind of what we didn't get through, uh, last week, but you sort of, you know, oh, caught God, up. That was so good. And, 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 uh, you watched a little bit of episode five. Uh, it was five and six last weekend and we have seven and eight tomorrow. But, uh, you know, the beginning of episode five, you know, we sort of see Jordan's daily routine, uh, where he's, he's mobbed constantly everywhere he goes by the media, yep. by people. Um, and, and, you know, you see him in his hotel room with a little bit of peace that he actually has. And it seems like he is, uh, quite, the cigar connoisseur. It seems like wherever he is, wherever he goes, he has a cigar with him in his hand. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, I'm sure that type of lifestyle, that type of lifestyle that he has or that he had, I'm sure it'd be fun for a little bit when you're famous like that. But then you go through that consistently every day. Yeah. It gets annoying and it really burns you out. And we saw, we see that also, um, and, 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 and how he reacts and, you know, it sort of leads into his first retirement and also the betting portion and the gambling that he doesn't admit is really a problem, but it seems like it's a problem. He just never did want to admit to it. No, it's just, it's competition. I mean, it's a competition that's frowned upon, uh, by society. And I think that has something to do with it, right? I mean, I mean, he was just as competitive with his gambling, whether it be on golf you know, 50, 60, 70 or more thousand dollars losing on a round of golf or, you know, the gambling that he did, uh, in Vegas or in, in, in sports books as well. Uh, you know, but watching, I mean, one of my favorite, I mean, in, in a, I don't remember what episode it was, but his mother convincing him to go and talk to Nike. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 because and he, he wanted, wanted Adidas. Adidas. And in Nike being, I mean, I forgot to how small Nike was back then. I mean, when I was a kid, it was, yeah. Re, it was Reebok and Adidas were huge. Run DMC. I mean, Adidas was huge and Reebok was huge and there were some other brands, but Nike was kind of a startup almost back remember then. LA, even, I remember LA, LA Gears. Gear. Yeah. LA Gears <laughs> or whatever the hell it was. And to, 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 I mean, they were so 
I mean, his agent. And Converse, did, Converse yeah, at that time Converse was like too. that. That that was the shoot to have in yeah. the NBA. I mean, yeah, Converse. I mean, I mean Magic, you Magic more than at that. Magic, Magic I was, was born a, at that. Yeah, I yeah, know. I was born I that year, Ben. So, <laughs> you remember a little bit more than me. But I wanted those uh, magic to... shoes. Everybody wanted those magic shoes. I mean, I think Magic had a deal with Converse. And there were the yellow or the purple and gold uh, or purple and yellow Converse uh, back in the early, God, I mean, it was mid-90s maybe. And But just to watch, I mean, Nike welcome them like with a, with a, with a banner on the wall printed on like a dot matrix printer because they were so <laughs> desperate. And, and what that grew into, I mean, essentially turning Nike into the brand. I mean, it wasn't yeah. just that Jordan had a line of shoes that, that, that grossed and netted a, sh- a shit ton of money. He built that whole brand. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nike and is now he's his own brand. Yeah. You know, it went from, you know, building up Nike to what Nike is today. And now you have Air Jordan brand that Nike also owns, but Jordan makes a shit ton of money off of that. I mean, he's a billionaire because of the brand. Um, but it, Ben, if you had a shoe, a signature shoe, who, which brand would you choose to oh, put your Adidas. shoe together for? Adidas, you? for sure. Adidas, <laughs> for sure. I'm, I'm just as bad as Jordan. Yeah, I would. Uh, Adidas. Yeah. I love Adidas. I'm wearing Adidas right now on my feet. Uh, they fit me the best. Nikes are a little too narrow for me, a little bit too tight. Um, the sizing is a little off for me with the with the Nikes. But I mean, I love, I love me some. Depends. Adidas. It depends on the Nike. There are certain Nikes that are too tight and then certain, certain ones that are, they have the right sort of fit. But Adidas for you, it was Adidas for Jordan. So glad, glad you didn't make that decision. Uh, <laughs> I mean, in well, the I game, mean, it was probably the same thing. Yeah. Cause there was the game sure that he Adidas wore would be just as big. And yeah. Cause they had the game that he wore the, the later, 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 later in the season. I think it was at Madison Square Garden. Um, and this is where you learn. This is where, you, and in those later episodes, where you really start to learn about his Kobe and his, Kobe's ties to to Jordan and and the Madison Square Garden uh, mm-hmm. relationship, or or the, the the ties that they both had to Madison Square Garden. But yeah. when, when Jordan wore the sneakers from whatever it was eighty eight, was it eighty eight? Eighty. Well, I think it was the first. Well, the first year that he was actually in the league, I think it was eighty four. I think that that was because. Um, oh yeah, it was early you know, on. Nike yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Yeah, it was because Nike was unsure about you know, signing this long-term or a contract, any sort of contract with a rookie. And he was a rookie in 84. And so it was, it was those same types of sneakers that he wore in 84 that he was wearing in 98. Yeah. <laughs> and just bloodied his I'm sure feet. His, his foot was probably a little bit wider and, yeah. and a little more fragile when, you know, a little bit older than when he was, you know, a, but, a kid in 84. But Ben, you should post that on Twitter. Uh, because I don't know if we can, uh, on, on Instagram, if you can actually, uh, ask questions or, 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 uh, oh, what the sh- uh, well, you, what's your you know, shoe? Which, 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 like, would you have Nike, Adidas, Reebok, uh, Under Armour, New Balance? Cause, you know, all these, all these brands have, uh, their athletes or, yeah, uh, like Kawhi Leonard recently signed on with New Balance, which was nobody, you knows know, that. well, New Balance never didn't really have anybody. They didn't have any sort of signature shoe for anybody. No. So that, that, that was, that was a huge move for them. But yeah, I think we should probably ask that question. Yeah, I will. And, and remind uh, me after the show, know, see we'll what post the responses it. are. Yeah. Remind me after the show, we'll post it. And I mean, just to, to, some of those, uh, it was just, it was just, it brought back a lot of memories. And I mean, I mean, I, for, I, mean, I forgot that 88 season. What was he? MVP scoring champion, uh, slam dunk champion. I mean, he won every conceivable award that year except for the championship 
Um, mm-hmm. but the, 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 those, those early seasons, I had forgotten about all of the drama, uh, that went on during those, during those early seasons. And, and I really, I mean, I know this will be near and dear to your heart, but, but I thought Kobe, I thought Kobe had a lot of really, I, I have forgotten how much he tried to pattern and maybe it's, maybe I'm wrong, uh, pattern his career and his approach to the game. Uh, after Michael Jordan and his relationship with him, I, that was I thought that was probably one of my in terms of my emotional reaction, one of my favorite parts of the series. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can tell. I mean, you can tell the way Kobe played the game that he did try to mimic Michael Jordan and and do the same things that Michael Jordan did, especially with the you know the turnaround jumper that you know Kobe sort of perfected throughout his you know his career and just the way he moved and the way he dribbled the ball. Um, you can see some of Michael Jordan's game in Kobe, and, and, and you know, and the way he wanted to know, outdo him at Madison Square Garden. Exactly. I mean, he had that same burning desire, that same passion, that same sort of winning mentality, and you know, some of that stuff you just can't teach a player. I think some of that was just, you know, Kobe in general. Um, but when you have uh, somebody like uh, like Michael Jordan that 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 you know takes you under their wing and 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 sort of uh, teaches you, then you know. It, it, it sort of develops uh, a little bit, you know, quicker or, or, yeah. or, you know, I mean, you, you learn some of it, but you, I mean, some of it is, is just, it's an inability and, and Kobe had some of that. So it's a little bit of both yeah, nature could, and nurture for Kobe. <laughs> and on the Olympics, I mean, that was fucking amazing. Uh, you know, I mean, I can't even imagine a scrimmage game being taken that seriously today yeah. <laughs> where magic is chucking the ball up into the rafters like you know i can't, I can't get a fucking break in this fight. you know like you know screaming at jordan about getting all the calls in a scrimmage game for yeah, the no, olympics what a, what a team i mean you know just the names of and, the players yeah and where on they that have, team and where do they even have that footage i mean i didn't even know that footage yeah. existed <laughs> yeah i know michael magic bird uh, no you know, you got David Robinson, David Robinson, and Ewing are yeah. your centers. Yeah, <laughs> and you got Carl Malone down there. Also, you know Charles Barkley is down there. Uh, you know John Stockton. Um, you know Clyde the Glide. Uh, you know I mean they could have had Isaiah Thomas too, but I mean nobody, everybody thought that guy was a dick, so nobody really wanted him. And obviously Pippen was on the team too, but you know, I mean that was the best team in any sport ever. I, I oh think, yeah, yeah. I don't, oh, I don't yeah. think there's been a team in any sport that's been assembled like the Dream Team with those. Oh, everybody not. was a Hall of Famer. He, uh, Christian Leitner was questionable, but he was just thrown on that team. Yeah, you know, sort of last minute. But and, shutting and, out, shutting out Thomas. So, I mean, shutting yeah. out Isaiah <laughs> Thomas, and to this day, I mean, Jordan gave him the opportunity to have something to say about it on a documentary, and Jordan actually just donated all the all the proceeds to the documentary. Jordan's going to donate that came out this week as well. Uh, but to watch Isaiah Thomas, I mean, to have that level of fucking hatred and mm-hmm. clearly it wasn't just Jordan because a whole bunch of other players got together to shut him out of that team, to keep him yeah. off that team. And Thomas is still like, I had to do, I had the statistics and, <laughs> you know, trying to justify. <laughs> well, I think, I think Dominique, Dominique Wilkins was also supposed to be on that team. I think he got injured before. Uh, the tournament too. I mean, that's another, you know, big name player that sort of missed out on the dream team. But that's some serious hatred those guys got against each yeah, other yeah. to this day. Uh, yeah. Magic and a lot of other people were involved in, in shutting out. Uh, well, Magic actually, Magic, him him and Isaiah have actually a good relationship. Do they? They actually have a good relationship. 
but everybody else, I don't think liked uh, Isaiah Thomas. Like, you know, Boston, they had issues with that Detroit team. So I'm sure Larry Bird didn't like him at all. Um, you know, Magic or, or Jordan and Pippen didn't really give a shit about him either. Um, you know, who, who I, I think Charles Barkley, did Charles Barkley say something about it yeah. too? I don't know if yeah, Charles yeah. Barkley was really happy about him either. Um, so, I mean, yeah, the majority of the team really didn't like Isaiah Thomas. And I think it would have caused too much friction to have Isaiah on the team. So everybody blames Jordan. But I, 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 I think alone. it was, it was, yeah, I, I think it was sort of a, a group decision. But that, oh my God. I mean, and, and the, oh God, it just slipped my mind what I was going to say. Um, no, sorry. Go ahead. It'll, it'll get there. It'll, Eventually, it'll, it'll get there. It'll, it'll, um, <laughs> but that just, I mean, and then the back-to-back championships. Oh, sorry. Tony Kukoc. That's what I was going to bring up. <laughs> Poor Tony Kukoc. What the fuck? I mean, Jerry Krause is the, I'm not even sure that, I mean, the more I watch this, these, this series, the less I actually have, have much respect for, because Tony Kukoc never turned out to be that great. I mean, he turned out to be a pretty good role player, but uh, he was a sixth man of the yeah. year. So he was, yeah, he, but was he was better he, than, but that's, just a, that's the, the very I mean, definition of a role player, right? You're not in the top five. You're not starting. Uh, I mean, when you're, you know, when you, when you have Jordan and Pippen on the team, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to, uh, to make an itch, but Tony Kukoc did Fair enough, hit but, but, a lot of big shots. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, for that team, he was, a, he was an excellent three point shooter. But Krause is uh, such you know, a he was dick. 6'11, and, and he could, uh, he could handle the ball, you know, similar to the way, a, you know, a shooting guard could handle the ball. He can play in the, po- he actually, he was pretty versatile, Ben. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, no, I'm not saying that he was, I'm not saying he didn't turn out to be a great, a good player, very good player. I'm not defending him just because he's Croatian. But to watch, but to watch <laughs> what Kraus, I mean, the hatred for Kraus and the dumb shit announcing, you know, whatever it was in, in the 98 season that, uh, or the, yeah, I mean, the 89 season that, that, or the 98 season, sorry, that, that, that Jackson wasn't coming back and they had to rebuild it. I mean, just the, I mean, yeah. Kraus is just, him and uh, Jerry Reinsdorf and Jerry Krause, just the idiotic approach that they took to the game. I'm less convinced that that Jerry Krause was as good at, at his job as I once thought he was. I mean, I think he was a decent general manager, but but the bad decisions that he made along the way and the bad decisions that they proposed to make in the future hurt that mm-hmm. team so much, so much yeah. over the course of, of their run. They almost won sp- despite them but to watch poor tony kukoc just get laid out <laughs> in, in the olympics I, and i actually didn't realize croatia made it to the fucking finals that in that olympics it was it wasn't yeah. it was no, the, I mean, they were one of the top teams in i mean that was a great croatian team they had a lot of good players i mean they had petrovic they had uh um you know kukoc i mean those guys played in the nba raja played in the nba Vrankovic played in the nba um, who else played in the NBA? I mean, there was a lot of guys on that team that were actually in, uh, that played in the NBA. But just to um, knock him around just to get back at Kraus. I mean, just to beat the, and, and to have him jump, get back up and come back and play, uh, so well, especially in a championship game to come back and, and just to watch the interview with, with Kukoc now. Like, what the, yeah. fu- <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, they didn't even know me. <laughs> like you can see that there's still a little bit where he's like, "What the fuck was that about?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he obviously didn't understand it, but I think he, he well, he, I think he understands it just a little bit because I, I, I think he understands the animosity towards Kraus. I mean, and you hear it. I mean, you, in 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 
you know, the little snippets of video that they have where they're on the bus or they're oh, on the plane, God. they're always joking and, and talking shit to crowd in his face. Yeah. And Pippen screaming shit. from the back of the bus. They, they know he can't do anything. I mean, they're on the team. You know, Pippen obviously had a small contract, but if he, if he does anything, if he cuts one of those players or gets rid of them, I mean, you know, they would start a riot in Chicago yeah. at that time because they, they, they had the power. The players had the power. But at the end, you know, when they, they got a little bit older and the contracts were expiring, you know, that's when, you know, the, he, they made the wrong decision, especially with Phil Jackson, uh, who, you know, Jordan will only play for Phil Jackson to tell him that it's the last season. You know, that, that that's not a smart business decision right there. No, it's just it's idiotic. I mean, to yeah. be like, I mean, to be planning well, with all due respect to the Bulls, you had a nothing franchise before that and you've had a nothing franchise since then. I mean, mm-hmm. to be concerned about how you're going to get people in the seats after, uh, after Jordan leaves. I mean, it just didn't, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, the, yeah. the Reinsdorf and Krause's game plan there, I, I don't think anyone would do that today. Um, the players might force it if the players had big enough egos that they didn't want to stay and play with, with the same, on the same team with the same players. But I can't imagine an ownership group. You know, like, you know, like Tom Brady three years ago. Well, you know, it's time to get rid of Belichick <laughs> and Brady. You know, we got to sell these seats. So this is going to be Belichick's last year. I know we won the Super Bowl, uh, three years in a row, but you know, it's really time. It's going to be time for, for Belichick to go during the season. Let's announce, let's <laughs> announce this during the season that Belichick yeah, and Brady are, I mean, can you, that's essentially the equivalent of what they did, right? I mean, that's the yeah. NFL equivalent of it. There's never been a team like the Patriots. No, yeah. No franchise does that. I mean, you know, when the Lakers won the three straight and you can t- sort of tell there was, uh, you know, some, well, you know, Kobe and, and Shaq didn't really get along that well. I mean, and so the team sort of fell apart because of that, because of their fractured relationship and not because, you know, management figured, you know what, this is the last season for this person. This is the last season for this person. I mean, you just don't see that in, in, in sports management. I mean, if you have, if you have a group of guys that actually do like to play together for a certain coach, then you let those, you pay whatever, yeah, you pay whatever I mean, I, I, those guys want to keep that team together. That was a little different. I mean, I think Jordan, never, no, that was different, but Jordan never it, had to I mean, run across that. You know, yeah, Jordan, but it fell apart. Yeah. The team fell apart on its own, you know, but in the Bulls decision, the team was happy together. It's just that yeah. management made this decision to sort of, you know, break Bust it, it up. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. luckily, I mean, I mean, luckily Jordan never ran across that. You know, he never, he didn't have a player that was, that was lazy. That was just flat out lazy. Uh, cause mm-hmm. I don't think Jordan would have tolerated that. And, and Kobe was unfortunately confronted with a player who was just, you know, with all due respect to Shaq, he was just lazy. Uh, you know, Robin's workout routine came through in this, in this series. We see how hard he worked, even though he was a flake. Um, you mm-hmm. saw how hard Pippen worked. And I, I mean, you know, Shaq was just, he just fucking lazy. You know, and I, and I don't think, well, I don't know what Jordan would have done if he ran up across, uh, a Shaq who just didn't, who didn't want to adjust, didn't want to do the kinds of things that he could have done to, to make himself, you know, better. I think Jordan handled the personalities well, but he didn't have a bunch of players on a team or any players on a team, as far as I could tell, that were at that sort of level where they didn't want to commit. Yeah, an opposing superstar. Yeah. On the other side. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and Pippen it, it, never it really didn't have that. Pippen was good. I mean, Pippen was good when, 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 and I'm sure we'll see that in episode seven and eight. Um, you know, how, how good of a player Pippen was because he kind of came out of the shadow of Michael Jordan after Michael Jordan left. And I think they still went to the NFC, yep. not the NFC, 
the uh, the yeah, <laughs> they played the Packers. They played the Packers. Talk, right here. <laughs> you know, coming out of the East, uh, I think they were in, in in the in the East final in in that season in '94, I believe. I think they may have lost to New York. I, you know, I, I can't remember exactly. I think that's what it was. Uh, they'll, they'll talk about it in episode seven and eight, but we'll see kind of um, you know how good of a player Pippen actually was. Uh, but he was still never that sort of superstar that you know wanted the attention. You know, he right. was happy well, and part sort of, of sitting in- behind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but part of it's inherent in your personality, right? Yeah. You know, and, and that's not Pippen's personality. You can see even see in the interviews. I mean, he's not mm-hmm. like gregarious, mild mannered. You know, Jordan yeah, and Kobe so... and, and Shaq. I mean, they're I didn't out. really mean yeah. to treat Coach that way, but it was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, like Bird, slow. You know, Bird, like same thing. Monotone. Bird never became a superstar. He was a he was a great player. He was he was a top, but he was never like. Oh, he was never. He, he was never a like, super. Never... But like, like Shaq and Barkley and Kobe and and Matt and uh, Michael, they have the personality. They have the like the the superstar personality. Uh, so even though, I mean, Pippa was never going to be that, no matter how good he was, you know, he was, he was never going to be that. He's never going to be an Aaron Rodgers who's on commercials every 15 minutes. Uh, yeah. he's, he's going to be more like Philip Rivers, like, you know, <laughs> wallowing away in obscurity, you know, putting up great numbers for 20 years and then retiring. But, uh, yeah, yeah I mean, ba- we'll... back to back and then, and, and then, you know, Drexler, you know, his fucking, I mean, I just love how he just, these bowling pins, like he knocked over along the way, like Detroit and then Drexler, I mean, like just the, He's like, okay, you tell me I can't fucking beat Cloud. Okay, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> and then, and then they don't put, I mean, and to this day, was it Drexler? I mean, I can't remember who they put on Jordan in that, in that, in the finals against. Oh, no, Portland. that was the Suns. That was, uh, was it the well, Suns? The, no, well, the Suns, it was Dan Marley. When he said Dan Marley, they said it was a great defender and he just wanted to prove everybody wrong that Dan Marley, cause, uh, Krause was also, um, high on, on Dan Marley, but he wanted to prove to Krause that, you know, Dan Marley can't guard me. You know, and, and there's and still just people. Like Clyde Drexler, yeah. you know, they compare me to Clyde. I want to show them how gl- good I am. I'm way better than Clyde Drexler. Yeah. And then to watch know? guys to this day pissed, like literally pissed off that they didn't get the, yeah. that they didn't, they, we, that their coach didn't put them in the right position in a game against Jordan. Like to this day, uh, <laughs> as if it would have really changed anything. As if the team that could have won eight championships in a row would have lost to you if they just switched up one defensive, you know, once def- one defensive role on the, on the court. Then yeah. all of it, then yeah, then you would have beat Jordan if that was what you did. No, <laughs> he would have just figured out another way to beat you. Yeah, I think that was. I think there were, that's that's when they were talking about New York. Probably, I think that was New York and in in the uh, the East final, in the East finals. Um, but it was just yeah, the, it was it was in the yeah. I forget who it was now, but they said if I had guarded Jordan on that one play, then he wouldn't have hit that one shot. Yeah, but yeah, but well, but I remember yeah, at we'll, the time. We'll, we'll, yeah. I just remember thinking were, this, yeah. this team could win. You were fucking, New York. They could have. I mean, I mean, and to get to go play for the White Sox. I mean, I can't fault the guy for that. But they could have won eight championships in a row. Oh, easily. I mean, they could have easily. They could have won, won two more uh, at the eight, end, eight, probably. If they kept the team together, they probably would have won in '99 and 2002. You know, I mean, just imagine if 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 they're like, all right, we'll we'll uh, we'll keep Phil for a couple more years, and you know, we'll we'll keep Pippen here. We'll sign him to a long term contract. We'll keep Jordan, obviously. Um, you know, Kukoc, whatever you want to p- play for, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, whoever the center was, was it, uh, was it Cartwright or no, it was Wennington at the Wennington time. I can't remember. Fucking, they had some terrible uh, centers. <laughs> they had some terrible centers. On yeah, they, 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 were, they had definitely their big men were not the great. I mean, Horace Grant was a pretty good player. He was, but, but uh, Wennington well, and what's the other guy's name? Um, Longley. 
Yeah, Luke Longley. They yeah, had I think some terrible been, yeah. centers on those teams. <laughs> but then in the triangle, well, yeah, they all said Jordan. They just, all said Jordan. So that's all you need. But just to watch him develop that triangle offense and have Phil try and try and try and try and try. Uh, with, uh, can't remember the guy's name who developed the, the, the triangle. Uh, it was an old school guy. Red, uh, I can't Red remember his name. Rex. Um, yeah. can't remember his name. Uh, Tex. Tex oh, Tex. Tex. Tex Winter. I don't know. But to watch, <laughs> like, to watch the commitment to it and, and see Something it like in that. action, like when they, when they actually diagrammed it out, that was, I thought that was really interesting to watch. That was pretty interesting. That was actually pretty interesting. But, you know, we got seven and eight coming up, Ben. You're only on five right now. So you still got to watch six. But I lived through well. this. And now I'm, and now I'm uh, angry. I'm angry. I lived through most of it. But I'm well, angry. I, mean, I lived through all of it. I just remember most of it. <laughs> I'm just angry that they took it away from me. Cause I was a, I mean, I was a Knicks fan. So we never really thought we were going to win, but you know, I mean, we did, we did get that. We did get to the, to the finals, at least that in 90, whatever it was, 98. Yeah. Um, but I'm angry that we didn't get to see more of it. Now that I watch it, yeah, I'm angry. Ben, I wish it moved. I, I can't, I can't hear any of the music, um, playing on the, you know, obviously, uh, because, uh, you know, we're doing a remote podcast, but I want you to get that intro music. When we, next time we talk about this, I want to get, I want you to get that intro music or at least find that intro music, uh, that they play at Chicago Stadium when they're introducing the Bulls. Oh, I can hear that. <laughs> you got it? I forgot to play at the beginning. And now. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what we need to play next week when we start talking about the documentary again. Yeah, I love. I mean, this is some good shit right here. Yeah, I could go back and insert it in the beginning. Yeah, well, we'll just remember, we'll try to remember next week to put this in before we start talking about this documentary because it's, is it it is an excellent documentary. If you're a, a fan of any sport, I don't care what it is, you got to watch this documentary because uh, Jordan was definitely he was a cultural phenomenon. Oh. I mean, he was known globally. He was the man. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. At least yeah. I, at least I, I did get it. I just, I just didn't play it at the beginning of our conversation. All right, should we take the shot of the week, Ben? Yes, yes, yes. Make <laughs> me shut down the Bulls intro. All right, hold tight, everybody. We'll be right back with our shot of the week. All right, and we are back, and it is time for a shot of the week, which I will not be a part of. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. But Ben, Ben will be trying the shot tonight. Well, and you should drink a shot of something. Honor. If I have to drink the shot, you should at least I'll, do a I'll, shot I'll of have something. A little bit of, I'll have a little bit of the Evan Williams peach if it makes you happy. It does. But uh, tonight's, shot, <laughs> tonight's shot is in honor of Mother's Day, and it is a beautiful pink shot that you concocted there, Ben. Uh, you've been doing a, an excellent job with the shots. Yeah. Uh, you know, this, this, <laughs> an average job. Well, actually, I've been doing a very Tony Kukoc is, job of the shots. He's, he was above average. He was six <laughs> man. This, this shot is the sixth All man. Right, I've been doing a Lamar Odom. Right I've been doing a Lamar Odom <laughs> version, uh, job of Lamar, the shots. O, hey, Lamar Odom had an excellent <laughs> career as well. Okay. <laughs> Until he met a Kardashian. I've been doing a, uh, John Starks. Downhill. John Starks. Is that better? <laughs> Are we getting closer? John, John Starks was good. Yeah. That's Except he fucked up in the finals. Yeah. Against Houston, but he was good. Um, but the shot, Ben, 
Uh, it is for Mother's Day, and we've dubbed it the uh, "Say Hi to Your Mother for Me" shot from the skit on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah, I don't for know. sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody knows uh, it. I hope. Well, yeah, I think everybody should. Everybody should know that. Yeah. If you, I mean, if, if if you don't know it, then definitely uh, get on YouTube and and um, search for "Say Hi to Your Mother for Me" SNL, and it is a hilarious skit. But Ben. Uh, what do you what what did you how did you create the shot? What is in the shot? What did you concoct it with? Well, the shot is in, in front of you know it's an interesting shot. So we we found a, a Mother's Day shot that we thought would be appropriate for this wonderful holiday that we're in. Uh, so we wanted to make a little bit of our own twist on the shot. So instead of using vanilla vodka, we used a strawberry vodka, mixed it with a little. Tequila Rose, which is a strawberry-flavored tequila. Uh, it's a creamy, creamy tequila. A uh, little Kahlua Midnight. Milk. Ugh, milk. And uh, whipped cream, grenadine. And we were supposed to put, like, a Cap'n Crunch or another cereal on the top. But for some strange reason, I was in my kitchen and I saw... <laughs> That we had cashews, and I thought for some reason Captain Crunch tastes like nuts. So I put cashews on the top. Uh, but it's a very beautiful pink colored shot. Uh, I've had it in the refrigerator for a little while now as we've done uh, much of the show thus far. And it is coagulated just a little bit. <laughs> uh, but essentially, it's so it's vodka, tequila rose, Kahlua Midnight. And uh, whipped cream, grenadine, and some nuts on the top, which are supposed to be Captain Crunch. I'm not even sure if I can get this out of the glass. I don't know if you can see that, Franny, but it's very. Oh yeah, it looks pretty. That looks pretty solid right there, it, Ben. It, it, almost it, like it's, 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 it doesn't it's look not, like a liquid anymore. It's not moving in the glass at all. <laughs> so I'm not exactly. Yes. Yeah, so. so if I choke on the cashews, I will call nine one one. Just uh, actually, you should pop. Well, you have the cashews in there right now. Yeah. I'll take well, one. you might want to eat those. Yeah, I'll you take... might want to eat those before. I wouldn't. I wouldn't drink those with a shot. Definitely not. Well, how are you supposed to do it if the um, if you like take a shot with the, the Captain Crunch, you just eat it. No, you just lick them off. Lick it off the top. All right, you got one more cashew in here. I don't know why I use. I had walnuts and cashews. I chose cashews. I don't know why. I like cashews more than walnuts or than uh, than, uh, than almonds or walnuts. It's a little bit sweeter, but I'm I'm kind of afraid of the shot. Because of the milk and the tequila rose in there? Yeah, it was in the fridge. So you're good. It, it was, didn't go bad. Uh but this is this is the say, spoil. This is the say hi to your mama for me shot. Hey hey goat. Hey goat. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> hey dog. And we should say we should say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers that are that are yes, listening. Definitely happy Mother's Day to the show. To, yep. I don't know if any mothers are listening to it, but the and happy, happy the the, the sons of the mothers yeah. that listen to the show. Everybody in everybody in Calabasas for some strange reason. Uh, we love our Calabasas listeners. We have twelve. We had twelve listeners from Calabasas, California, really? this week. All right. So I'm not sure what's right. going on in Calabasas, but give us a shout out. Uh, send yeah. us an email. Give us a call. Uh, not sure. Not what's, too far what's, away. Yeah, what's going on in Calabasas? But we have a lot of fans in a very small city nearby uh so thank you all for that and say hi to your mothers for us and wish them all a happy mother's day 
Hey, cheers, Ben. Yeah, cheers happy. to all the mothers out there. I'll take a shot of the Evan Williams peach with you. Here we go. See if I can get this down. All right, see. I'm trying to shake it to see if it'll move. <laughs> it's it finally went down. Ooh. I think it probably would have been better if you didn't put it in the fridge because I think it that's what caused it to yeah. coagulate. But I'm sure the flavor can't be that bad. Um, actually, no. It's a little tangy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little sweet. I would, I would, yeah, I would guess it's sweet and creamy. Uh, sweet, well, creamy was probably creamy two hours ago. Um, <laughs> it's it's creamy. It's a little tangy, sweet. It's got a little bit of a a little bit of an aftertaste. I'm not sure if that's from the uh, maybe nope. from the Kahlua, but it it was not a bad shot. Not a bad shot. Uh, the only thing, I mean, we, we typically mix these shots before the show and, uh, I, I typically put it in the refrigerator for no reason, even though I could just leave it. Yeah, but you mixed this one a long time ago, hours before the show. This was a long time ago that you mixed these shots together and finally you're drinking it, but yeah, not bad. Not bad. I I think it looks the color, the, you know, the, the look is appropriate for, the holiday, the Mother's Day. I mean, I, I would have used sprinkles, but you know, uh, but you're not here. Cashews work just here. as you well. Won't, you won't come. You won't come. I invite you, but you won't come. Uh, well, I, look, I, 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 well, in a few weeks, in a few weeks, we'll give it a few more weeks, like you said. We'll, <laughs> you know, we'll see when, when you know, as things slowly open up and get back to normal. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't like, I don't, I don't, I, I'm in contact with a lot of patients every day. <laughs> You know, and, and, uh, I, I'd, I'd never know. I mean, you know, they're talking about asymptomatic, um, you know, COVID-19, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, I, I just thought, you know, I, I, we'll, we'll hold off for just a little bit longer, Ben. And sorry about that. I had to move gun, something. I was, I was wondering what you were doing. I there. had to move something on the table there that was about to yeah. fall over. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, just for the record, Franny comes up with these shots every week. And luckily now I have to make these shots and get the critique of the shots, uh, <laughs> from both Sonia and Franny every single week. I mean, Sonia does make them sometimes. She will make the shot sometimes. Uh, but this, this, this one looks like something I could make. So I made it as soon as Franny sent it. Uh, well, I give you, I give you three or four options and this is the one you went with. Well, the pink one. I thought, well, pink. I mean, yeah, not to be pink. not to be gender specific, uh, but this one looked like the easiest to make. To be quite frank, because you just mixed it all together. Um, yeah, but it was good, and I would recommend this for all of the mothers out there that are willing to drink alcohol. It's a very nice shot. And Franny is right; it would have been better with a little bit of a red sprinkle, a red sprinkle, or maybe or a pink or pink. A pink sprinkle or, or colorful, just colorful, you know. But it would have been good for sure. But it's a good shot. It's a good shot. I mean, it's got cream. It's got a little tequila rose in there. Not bad. All right, Franny. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our beverage of the week. And you just made a face right there. Was there something wrong with that? Is my Am I still coming in clearly? No, no you are. You are. I'm just uh, my stomach's oh, okay. settling in with the cream. Oh, okay. I, I thought maybe like the, the sound quality oh, wasn't no, that no. great. Okay. All right. Perfect. So the stomach quality our beverage is great. of the night, we have a scotch. Last week, we had a cognac. The week before that, I believe we had a bourbon. Tonight, we have the Glen 
Farkless Highland Single Malt Scotch Whiskey. And I was really excited to to try this whiskey. It's a highly rated whiskey. The 10-year-old whiskey um, is actually higher rated than the 12-year. And then, you know, obviously they have the 15, the 18, but the 10 is very highly rated, Ben. I'm sure you have some information for us. I do. This is again Glenn Farkless 10-year. Hey, this fuck is- you, man. What's that? Fuck you. Uh, this is fark, one. Fuck you. Fuck you. From the Highlands in Scotland. <laughs> on the space side. Uh, 100% Oloroso sherry cask maturation. Gloriously smooth, yet with a depth and finish that you would normally expect of a much older dram. A wonderfully sherried whiskey. And according to the company, an excellent aperitif. I've never heard of an aperitif scotch yeah, before. For a scotch? No. The tasting notes are vibrant, or the, sorry, the color is vibrant straw gold. The nose is a tempting sherry sweet malty tones that combine with delicate aromas, releasing subtle spices. Warming the glass reveals honey, vanilla, and pear drops. The flavor is delicately light with a mouth-watering combination of maltiness, hmm, Sherry sweetness, hints of d- hint, hints of dried fruit, vanilla, cinnamon, and cloves tempt the taste buds. The finish is long, smooth, and oh, I like this. Long, smooth, and spicy. Uh, the reviews are the nose has a little bit of raisins, apples, and underlying heather earthiness. A hint of a solvent might be in there. Uh, the palate is sweet. Start malty with sweet, or the sweet start with malt and honey, bits of dark chocolate and kiwi. And the finish is short to moderate in length and drying. Uh, so there's a little bit of a contradiction between the review and what the uh, review actually details. Sonia tasted this a little bit earlier, uh, our third co-host on the show, and she liked it. But I'm going to pour this into an actual tasting glass right now as we speak. Yeah, Ben, because uh, last week we made the exchange. I came over to your place. The COVID and exchange. And I dropped off. I, I dropped off some of the Glenn Farkless, uh, as well as the Remy Martin that we tried last week. Yep. And then some rye that we'll try next week. Um, that way we can, you know, still do the podcast remotely, but still be sipping on the same drink for our of the night or our beer. Do you have it poured? Uh, yeah, I have it. I have it. Uh, I have it poured in the glass, Ben. Well, what do you think and, so far? Of, uh, what do you think about the color? Well, the color—it's—it's it's nice. It's—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's, it's a nice gold. It's a nice gold. Almost. Uh, I don't know. I, I would say a little bit of uh, goldish copper. You know, it's light. It's light in color. Um. Got a little bit of a copper. I mean, but, it's, it's yeah. a typical Scotch profile yeah, in terms of the like color. Regular, yeah, uh, a little bit more, a little bit of an orange, a little bit of an orange tinge in there, almost that I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. You give, go ahead. It's soft though. I mean, uh, just the aroma is coming from it. I mean, it's soft. It has that fruitiness to it, um, almost like the uh, plum. Apricot. 
I don't know why I like running it against my mustache now that I haven't shaved in a few weeks. So, <laughs> some, I get some banana. It seems like I, don't know, I get like that sort of a banana-ish sort of aroma coming from it. But I do, I do sweet, smell a little bit of an apple. Sweet and fruity, and um, it's very I like sweet. The smell. I mean, the smell it doesn't really burn your nostrils. It does. It, you know, I'm sure if you had it in the mason jar, Ben. You would sort of get those spirits, but just, you know, slip it or, or sniffing it from the Glen Cairn, uh, glass. You know, you're getting all these nice aromas coming from it. And, uh, you know, it's very fruity, smells very sweet. Um, only about 80 proof. So it's, it's a little bit lighter. Yeah. Four, well, 40%, which is just about average for, uh, a is scotch. it for a scotch? I am used to the rye. It there. smells good. The I mean, it smells really fry. good. You know, it's not very woody. Um, that's more of a sweet, like, yeah, it's, 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 sweet uh, I don't get the sherry necessarily, but I do get a little bit of a, of, of a sweetness that, that could be sherry, mm-hmm. but it is delicate. I mean, there's no doubt. It's not an overwhelming yeah. aroma at all. No, it's, I mean, yeah. I don't smell any spiciness. Yeah. I don't, I'm not really getting any spicy notes from it. None. Mostly just the fruity, like the, the, Almost like plum apricot. Yeah, I get a lot of apricot from these scotches. With, uh, I don't get the banana, but of, I do get the apricot. Yeah, I get, I get the banana. I get this, like this, I don't know. I get, I get maybe just my nose. You like bananas and nuts and everything for some strange reason. I do. You, <laughs> this beer tastes a little bit like, uh, smells like a little bit like banana, <laughs> but it's a, it's a path blue ribbon from it. Well, I still, I get the little banana coming through there. <laughs> I'm getting the nut. That Milwaukee banana? It's famous. Milwaukee is famous for their bananas. They're not? (laughs) I'm just going to take a sip. Do it. Now, Ben. Cheers. Cheers to you. Oh, wow. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't characterize it as an aperitif. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it doesn't have that. Thickness with aperitifs, you like have that more of a thick sort of finish. Where this one is, it's there's a little bit of creaminess. Definitely wouldn't you know characterize it as an aperitif for sure. Not uh, it's smooth though. It's it, got a, it's, it's got a creaminess, yeah. It, it goes down it very easily. Um, more and, spice and than it's I expected. Not, it's not on the finish. There's a little bit of spice more than I expected because uh, you don't smell you don't smell any. But then you get some of the on the finish. Um, but it's it's very easy to drink. I mean, it's 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 really really easy to drink this. I mean, you can you can easily drink a lot of the Glen Farkless. <laughs> um, I this is very very easy to drink down. It, it goes is, straight down the. But it is delicate. It, it is delicate. It is light. Yeah, I mm-hmm. do get a little maltiness. I get the creamy. I don't get as much sweetness on the, in the flavor. I get more sweet in the in the aroma than I do in the actual flavor. I'm not getting a lot of sweetness in the flavor. I could be. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of a lot of raisin on the back of my on the back of my tongue. Way back, like back. Once here. it goes down, like when it when it hits you, like at first when it when it hits your tongue, you get a lot of sweetness, maybe a little vanilla, and then as it settles, you get. Uh, you know, raisin, a little bit of fruitiness, and that spice. Like you said, I mean, there's much more spice than I would have expected than from the scent and the, and the aromas from 
the scotch. And the finish That's is interesting. The finish is longer than I would have expected. But it's smooth. I mean it's it's a it's snipe, but I love that spicy. Smooth. I like a spicy long finish. I have no issue with mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have a nice spice on the finish and it stays with me for sixty seconds, ninety seconds, I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. I don't usually time my finish. <laughs> Just trying to give it some some context. Twitch is on, Ben. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I stay I stay, I stay mad at Isaiah <laughs> Thomas for you know sixty seconds, ninety years. One of the two. <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's good though. It it is it is good. Um, it's not very complex though. You know, I mean, it's here we go. It smells. Here we go. Start, <laughs> start your engines, folks. It smells good. It smells good. It's it, you know, it, the aroma is coming from it. You would expect a more complex finish, uh, but it's sort of it, you know, you drink it. You get all the flavors in that one first sip, and there's nothing interesting afterward. You know, where we're, we're certain scotches, you know, you, it kind of keeps you coming back for more. Whereas this one, it, you know, it has a nice flavor. It's very smooth, but it's not. It's not extremely complex, though. And, and you know, it's a, a ten cig- year. It's more of a cheaper. So it's, it's not cigar scotch. I mean, it's it's a good scotch. Don't get me wrong. I mean, this is very smooth. Easy to drink, and if you like scotch, this is a good scotch. But uh, you can find other scotches that are lower in price with the same sort of quality of taste. Where would you put this? I mean, what would be your comparator? What would you of all the scotches we've tasted? And there have been many going back even to the to the the holiday season of two thousand and nineteen. We were tasting scotches. Um, what? If you, if I mean, and, and no pressure, but if you had a com- mm-hmm. if you had a comparator, where would you put this? I mean, if you, this is a spicier scotch than I'm used to. From any of the, I mean, I'm used to more complex I mean, scotch, it, scotch with a little bit more body creaminess. But yeah. this this has this weird spicy finish that I'm not used to in a scotch. I mean, it has it has a you know has a nice spicy finish. It's not overly spicy though, um, but I you know it's, it, nice, it's sweet. It's, it's nice. sweet, it's nice, it's easy to drink, but it's also, you know, for this particular scotch, it's $50 for this one, for a 10-year-old scotch. Um, I expected more from it, you know, just basing it off of the price. Um, did you ask the guy, you know, there, did he have the bow tie when he gave it to you? Oh, no, no, I, I, I searched <laughs> it out myself. Uh, <laughs> this was actually the one that I ordered online. Uh, but, you know, uh, 12, uh, you know, the 12-year Glenlivet, which is, you know, $25. Is I would say a similar quality, uh, and you're saving yourself twenty five dollars by going with the twelve year Glenlivet, which is a very solid Scotch. You know, it's something that if if you're a Scotch drinker or if you just want to, um, you know, fill up your your you know your home bar, um, you know, the twelve year old Glenlivet is solid for twenty five dollars, as opposed to going for the Glenfarclas, which is you know highly rated, I guess, for fifty dollars. I would go with something that's a little bit less and still has, you know, a similar quality to it. But you, you could know? drink this all day. Oh no, I definitely mean, you, for sure. You couldn't physically, but 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 <laughs> in terms of your the ability to drink it, it's a very easy drinking scotch with a nice spice finish. But I, I don't disagree mm-hmm. that it doesn't have a significant complexity. I don't get a ton of flavors coming through. I really don't. Mm-hmm. 
but I do get a you know, it's smoothness. Like, remember the the Glenlivet twelve year? I think it was a double cask, mm. which that was, was um, it was probably around thirty dollars or, or, or so. I'm not. I don't remember the exact price, but it was cheaper than this. But we all liked it. We all enjoyed it. Um, and it had similar characteristics, you know, from memory. Um, you know, just judging it based off of those whiskeys and also the price that you pay, I don't know if it's really worth it. You know, it, it, it's good. It's a good whiskey. Don't get me wrong. It's a good scotch. But, I, I mean, it's it, it's not any better because of the price. I don't disagree. I mean, it, yeah. but it doesn't have any harshness to it. No. It's clearly been it's, distilled at a high level. Is, yeah. You know, something that could definitely be 30 bucks, you know. This reeks of uh, mild hangover <laughs> is what I get from this. I mean, because the more you drink it, the easier it is to drink. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's very smooth uh, for sure. But um, I, I don't know if, if it's really worth, uh, you know, 50 bucks. I, I you know, I, I think that's a high price. You know, I expected more from it uh, because of the reviews online. And, um, you know, there's a lot of fans of Glenn Farquhar's tenure. Um, but I, you know, I'd still rate it high. I'd still give it, uh, you know, on our rating scale, on our uh, thirst and goal rating scale, of zero I would give it to um, ten. of zero to ten. Um, zero being George Dickel. <laughs> and sorry, George, being, but it if, fucking sucks. I'll take the I'll take this had, other cover lime over the George Dickel. <laughs> I don't know if we've had a ten yet. Uh, but I would say this is still a seven. It's still a very solid scotch. It is very easy to drink. It has, uh, you know, an interesting flavor. I mean, it, 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 I like, you know, the, the sweetness. I do like the fruitiness. I do like the little bit of spice on the finish. I like the raisin. Um, uh, but you know, I could also see this being something that's around $30. Interesting. You know, and, and, and there, there are, there are other scotches that you can buy for a lower price that still give you the same satisfaction as this. I don't disagree. And that's why you come to Thirst and Goal for your real scotch, bourbon, rye, and whiskey reviews. Because not everything can be five stars. Not everything can be four stars. I would give this 6.5. I'm going to give this a a 6.5. I don't want to go as low as a 6, but I don't want to go as high as a 7. Are we doing points now? I, I guess I have to. Uh, uh, this is the first. Uh, <laughs> this is the first one that I had, that I even considered it, but because I, I feel six like six is too low, but I think seven for me is a little too high because it's too high. The more I drink it, the easier it is to drink. The less complexity I taste, the less spice I get in the finish. Um, but still, it's a high. I could tell there's a, there's a quality level here that I don't want to disrespect, and there's a flavor profile that is complex enough to justify a 30 40 price tag so i'll give it a i'll give it a i'll give it a seven fair enough i'll give it a seven you know next time we do try a scotch on the show ben uh since these scotches are usually aged 10 or 15 years um we should look back 10 or 12 or 15 years and see what the hit song was on that day <laughs> and Ted the years. particular actually we should probably look it up after we we take a break and uh, 
like the the you know the the movie like the the top movie of that particular day or you know what else can what 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 else can we look up there but you know i mean just imagine this this started aging back in 2010 maybe 2009 so that we can have it on the shelf by 2020 and you know like glenn live at 15 that we had on the show you know that's back in 2005 maybe 2004 what were we doing were you know what was the hit song what was you know Actually, Facebook didn't even exist back then, or or it was yes, MySpace. It did. I don't Good even know what the Lord. heck it was. Yes, it did. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know. If, I don't know. If Facebook was around in two thousand four. No, not two thousand four, but in two thousand ten. No, but, no yeah. definitely in two thousand nine or ten. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, you know, these things have been sitting in a barrel for so long for me to crack for me and you to crack these things open and you know try them on the show. Maybe we should look at history and see what was going on back then. All right, you want to the do, headlines? You want to do that before we whip out the Dale's Pale Ale? Let's let's do that, Ben. Let's do that. All I'll right, look, I'll, I'll, yeah. All right, we'll be right back with our beer All review right. and also our update as to what was the top movie and the top song in whatever in it was headline. in May. You know, May ninth, two thousand and ten. And ten. <laughs> All right, hold tight, everybody. All right, and we are back with our beer of the week. But Ben, before we went to break, uh, we thought we'd bring up um, the news headlines from 10 years ago uh, because our whiskey was aged or our scotch was aged about 10 years. So that's something new I think we should start on the podcast. Is <laughs> I can actually hear that. The uh, breaking so, news. Here we go. We got breaking the break, news the breaking from news 2010. From 2010, uh, you know, seeing as our scotch was sitting in barrels, it was a baby when this was all happening in the world. Um, May 9th, 2010, an Indonesian earthquake with a preliminary magnitude of 7.4 rattled the North Sumatra province, prompting a brief local tsunami watch, knocking out power and damaging some homes. That was just one of the news headlines. I'm not going to go through a lot of other news headlines, but the number one song. Five years after the actual tsunami. Ten years (laughs) <laughs> 10 years ago uh, was OMG by Usher. Oh, so 10 years ago, Pass. today's day, OMG by Usher. I'm not even sure which song that is. And then the number one really? movie was Iron Man 2 in really? theaters. No in wonder May the Scotch is pretty plain. 2010. <laughs> so we have a, not a tsunami, but maybe we have Usher. It was a 7.4 earthquake. We have Usher. That a, that's a major... And then we have Iron Man 2. And Not Iron, Iron Man, Man but Iron Man 2. Hey, the Iron Man movies are pretty good. They are, but I mean you know, Iron I Man uh, 2. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so when our when the, the the scotch that we were drinking, when it was an infant in its barrel, these were the headlines of the day. That, that, that is interesting. I mean, there's no doubt about yes. it. I don't remember Usher having a number one single... Definitely not in the last ten years. So that that, that makes sense. <laughs> Actually, I really right. do like the Iron Man movies. In fact, I like any movie uh, with Robert Downey Jr. in it. For the most part, I think he's a very talented actor. And uh, obviously, we want to you know our hearts go out to anyone that was that was impacted by 
uh, an earthquake of that, that particular magnitude. earthquake. Although that that one didn't seem that serious, but Indonesia has been struck by very large earthquakes. Um, but that one in particular was didn't seem that damaging according to the headline. Uh, but I think that's fun, Ben. I think uh, you know every time we well you know next week we're going to try that rye. I'm not sure how long it's been Ooh. aged. Doesn't have a particular date to it. Uh, but every time we try a, a, a scotch um, or you know whiskey. Um, that's been aged a certain amount of time. We should look back in history and see what happened on the day that that particular scotch was an infant in its barrel. Yeah, the news will be, and the COVID-19 pandemic hit as, <laughs> as this rye it is. went, you know, went to, uh, went to, to, uh, be bottled. Uh, but Franny, <laughs> what's next up, buddy? We got our beer of the week, Ben. And actually, uh, you uh, you purchased beer. Where'd you get this beer, Ben? Because I've never seen this beer on the shelf, and it's it's a very generic looking can, but it catches the eye. It really does catch the eye. This was a find. I believe it was either at Sprouts or at Whole Foods. I believe. I want to say that it was this one was from Sprouts. I think this is from Oscar Blues Brewery. In, I believe this was out in, I want to say Colorado. I believe, yeah, Longmont, Colorado is where this one was brewed. This is the Dale's Pale Ale. Uh, it's a defiant, proud, voluminously hopped mother of a pale ale. If you're looking for a fistful of flavor, look no further than this hopped up t- trail ride. It delivers a hoppy nose and assertive but balanced flavors pale malts and a citrusy as Franny likes a citrusy floral hops from the first sip to the final swig 6.5% alcohol by volume and 65 IBUs Dale's Pale Ale is the beer that started it all Oscar Blues launched the canning operations in 2002 brewing and hand canning Dale's Pale Ale in Funky Lions Colorado Brew Pub, America's first canned mountain pale ale, is a hearty, critically acclaimed trailblazer that changed the way beer fiends perceive craft beer. Dale's is the original craft beer in a can. Hands down, bottoms up. You were saying before I read this really glowing review of Dale's pale ale. The can. What do you think of the can, Franny? It's very simple. It's very simple. It looks... You know, like a generic uh, can of beer, um, but you know it's very eye-catching because it is a little different. You know, it doesn't have a whole bunch of graphics on it. Basically, it's an oval, uh, red, um, sort of uh, logo with you know simple white lettering, and and uh, I mean, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's it's different. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, there's so many with like a yeah. that are like an Ed Hardy T-shirt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, essentially, you know, skulls and crossbones and. And just crazy graphics. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that that necessarily translates to... To a better beer. To a better beer. This is but like... this th- one, I mean... It's like a I PBR. It out. You know, it does. It almost looks... It does look like a, like, like a PBR. It doesn't, it doesn't look uh, very enticing. You know, it doesn't look like... You know, it doesn't scream, grab me off the shelf. But I mean, it stands out, but it stands out in the wrong way. Um, it stands out. But it like smells a... delicious. I just poured it out into a glass, and it smells very hoppy and very delicious. Ben, I'm not sure if you poured any into a glass just yet. Oh, you got it right there. 
All right, perfect. Yes, <laughs> I was I was chastised on many an occasion for not pouring my alcohol into a glass where I can get the full, you know, floral notes of the of the aroma as well as the mm-hmm. the color. And this one, I mean, I I prefer an old school can. This is this is sort of like the Levi's 501 of cans. <laughs> you know, it's not this is not the Cavarici. Oh, Cavarici's before your time. Uh, this is not the. I'm not even sure what that is. This is not the. What do you? What? What? What's like a really expensive jeans brand right now? Not even Diesel. That's like off the I mean, off the map now. Do, do I look like the guy that would no. know that band? <laughs> like whatever. There's the I one. I usually look for the cheapest clothing. There's the one with um, the seven something seven, and then there's Hudson and uh, Gucci. Let's just say Gucci. Gucci. Yeah, but you, yeah, you should look up some Cavaricis. I had a pair of Cavaricis. Anyone out there listening knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this, I mean, this, this, I mean, the color is, it's a nice sort of dark amber, um, you know, like a dark copper sort of color. Uh, the color is really nice and it smells, Ben, I smell this. It smells delicious. I mean, it has oh wow a ton of hop. I do not have it. coronavirus because I could smell yeah. that. <laughs> smells oh, good. wow. It That's smells, a nice citrusy really note. Yeah. It's got a good depth. It does have a good depth. I mean, wow, that, that's not just a, it's not just an aroma. Smell. It's almost like a, that's a good smell. It's almost like a, it, it, I can feel it. I can almost feel <laughs> it and smell it at the same time. Oh, that's nice. And the head is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's got a nice head yeah, on it. Yeah. It's, 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 it's sticking around. The head is definitely sticking around. And that's what I like. It hasn't here. disappeared yet. Um, but I won't give it a shot, man. I mean, it, it, it. it smells, you know, uh, like you said, citrusy and, and, and hoppy. Um, it smells delicious. And, you know, I'm excited to try it. Cheers to you, Ben. Cheers. Oh, wow. That's good. That's a solid, that's a solid pale ale. Wow. That, you know, like they say, you know, you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> And you shouldn't judge this can by its graphics, um, because that is a really good beer. That, that, I mean, just looking at this can. Wow. That's good. You wouldn't expect that sort of flavor and that sort of quality beer from this boring looking can. Admit it. Um, when I gave it to you, you were like, okay, whatever. Ben's, it was a little bit. Ben's, it was a little bit. I mean, it's like, Ben's got it it's in like his head after, that this is good. <laughs> it's like after a natural disaster when they give you cans of water that just say water. It's like airplane water. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like that. I mean, that's basically what the can looks like. And, you know, we'll post it on on Instagram and on Twitter and, and you know, everybody listening out there will know what we're talking about, sort of. Uh, but this this is this is a very good beer. I mean, it's it's it has, uh, you know, it's not overly hoppy. Um, it, has, it has a crisp finish to it. Um, you know, has as like I would say just a medium sort of hoppiness. You know, where it's, yeah, it's, not, it's not too, too much. much on the palate. It's not too much. Um, and and, and it, it really it, it sort of quenches your thirst because a little bit thirsty. I'm, I'm sitting out in the garage where it's kind of warm out here, and uh, it it is it's good. I mean, the, the alcohol content is not very high. This is something that you could definitely sit next to the pool with. Oh, for sure, on an inner tube or or whatever. Um, but it's it's like it's a it's a refreshing. IPA. And it's not breakable by the pool. Because it comes in a can. Yeah. And it's a tall can. It's a beautiful tall can. I mean, this is the this is the original. Uh, I mean, to me, this is like uh, this is the 501 jeans of cans. 
something. This is the white T-shirt of beer cans. This is the Converse All Star of beer cans. <laughs> it never goes out of style. It definitely won't go out of style. Uh, I mean, it looks like a can that that would have been popular on the shelves in the '60s or '70s, uh, and, it, and you know, yes, still around today. I mean, even though it's not that old, nice and but it looks you, like you it snuck is. it in there. <laughs> Just twist that knife. <laughs> It's not as bad as Genesee. Oh, you don't get Genesee uh, on the West Coast, do you? Not sure what that is either. Genesee Cream Ale. I'm gonna get you some of that. I'm gonna get that shipped out here. That sounds good. That sounds good. It does sound good. It's not, but it, it definitely <laughs> sounds like it should be good. Cream ale. It's uh, like but the, but the the flavor dessert. the flavor is amazing. The color is. I mean, it's a really nice bar. This is a great bar color. In other words, if you were sitting in a bar and you were conversing with your you know with friends that's the color of the beer you would like to have in your glass mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, 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 it tastes i mean it tastes like when I, what an ipa should taste like i mean it's hoppy but i just like the crispness on the finish it hits you with that hoppiness not overwhelming goes down easy it's crisp it's done not you know a long sort of aftertaste to it and then you know you go back for more. So I, I, I it's a very, it's quality. I mean, it's good. It is very good. And it doesn't have too much citrus. I mean, we had, we've had no. some, and don't get me wrong. I mean, a nice citrus pale ale is, is, is nice to taste. I mean, it's a beautiful yeah. flavor. I think it's a good warm. But, Cause I think the, the weather right now is perfect for this beer. And I think that's why we're, we're really enjoying it right now because it's nice and warm. And this beer is good. It, you know, it's an IPA. Um, which some of them are like overly hoppy, which we enjoy yeah. in the winter time. But this one is even it could you know it could be enjoyed in warm weather like right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I wonder why that. Maybe that's why it was on the shelf. But it's it I mean you had to buy them in singles. I mean they didn't have a a four pack or a six pack. Hmm. And the United States is finally getting around to the, you know, to the larger size, you know, the pint, the full pint beers. They haven't gotten around to actually selling them in, you know, not in singles. <laughs> but we'll we'll get there. It's no Lashko. <laughs> uh. Well, Lashko is very light, very light. You know, but this this is a good one, Ben. And and, and uh, where would you rate this beer I'm, on our uh, thirst and goal beer rating scale? I'd give it a I'd give it a nine. Well, yeah, I mean, I give it an eight. I, I mean, not a nine. It's about as good as it gets for a beer. I would enjoy a little bit more crispness. It's crisp, but I just want a little more on the end of it. Just a little more pop. You want a you little know, bit more like, mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's summer. Mm. Yeah, because it's almost there. It's really close, but not quite. So I, yeah, that's why I'm giving it an eight. But, you know, just I didn't expect that, though. When you handed me this can the first I time. Know what you lo- I saw your look on your face when I gave it to you. <laughs> Because I wasn't really paying attention to it. I mean, it seriously just looked like a generic beer, um, like cheap fuck, but a dollar ninety nine beer just so we didn't have to spend any money. I don't know how much it is. It was like the, uh, it was like four ninety. They're two ninety nine, I think. Two three. Yeah, I think two ninety nine like is about the right price. I mean, if it was four ninety nine, I would say that's a little. Oh, that's pretty pricey, even you know, for even a tall can like this, I would say that's a bit pricey. But I'd say two ninety nine is just about the right price. I mean, it's within the right price range. The taste is good. Um, and, 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 you know, just looking at the can and the taste and the flavor that you get from it, it's pretty shocking. It's pretty surprising. That's, that's, that's 
part of the reason why I'm giving it an A because you just it, it, it blows you away. It's like, whoa, that that taste is coming from that can. Wow. Yeah. Oh, because of the uh, <laughs> the the low level graphics. It, yeah. It's yeah. the thirsting goal graphics of cans. <laughs> I think our graphics are better. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Definitely better. But it's a simple like in your face. Like this is what we are. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind the simplicity, but you just don't expect the that flavor from such a simple looking can. Damn, that is good. I'm mm-hmm. shocked. Yeah, so am I. All right. <laughs> All right, folks. And that that ends the beer portion. <laughs> I don't know. Does it? We're only two hours and forty five minutes in. Yeah, that ends it for sure. All right. <laughs> Next up, we got some housekeeping, Ben. And, and the funny thing is, we I thought we were going to be done we with, tried. This, with this episode in like two hours. We Easy. Tried. We tried. Like, yeah, but we but we don't see each other during the week, and so I I, I think you know this is our socializing uh, <laughs> uh, time right now. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, and we should. We should, or at least we should talk during the week. Uh, yeah. But usually, <laughs> oh, we do. We're just text messages. But like you know, we don't see each other. Like now, I'm, I don't. I'm not. I'm seeing you on a screen, but I'm not seeing you in person. I just feel like this is the most normal thing I do all week. <laughs> I mean, even though I work, it doesn't. I mean, it's working obviously, and I'm handling my business. But at the end of the day, I feel like is this over? No. <laughs> all right, I'll just check my email again at eight, at nine, at ten. I'll check my email again, and like it never. It feels like it never ends. Like it's just yeah. one long. And there's this podcast. If you don't get to the housekeeping. All right, here we go. <laughs> Housekeeping. Thank you all so much for listening to Thirst and Goal Podcast. This is a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. Please head to our website at thirstandgold.buzzproud.com. From there, you can subscribe and listen to all of our past episodes. And believe me, you will want to listen to our past episodes. You can check the show notes for all of those episodes. And in there, you can get the links to all of the stories we cover. All of the browns, the beers, the bourbons, the whiskeys, the scotches, the ryes that we review. You get links to all the podcatchers, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, CastBox, CastBox, and all of the podcatchers out there. Or you can download directly to your desktop and listen. You can leave us a review. Please leave us a review. How many stars on the review, Friday? Five stars, Ben. Only, Only five, stars. five star reviews. You can email us at podcastthirstandgold.gmail dot or at gmail.com. You can call us. There is a phone number in the show notes. You can follow us on my mediocre Twitter account at Goldthirst and on Friday's amazing, amazing Instagram yeah, account no. at Thirst. No, I gotta work on that. I gotta at, work on my Instagram. And you can check all the photography, although Friday has not been over here. Uh, at the studio, so he hasn't taken as many pictures, but he has found a nice, you know, temporary studio <laughs> at his own home where he is taking pictures of the Browns that are spectacular. So please check out our Instagram account and Frane, anything to say to our listeners before we bid them adieu? Oh, thank you so very much for listening. All right, folks. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.